Welcome to the Warren Beast Podcast, the podcast that knows to get out of the way of the bullet train. I'm Greg. I'm John. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And this week we have reviewed episode four, Equal Measures. So it was pretty, well, we'll get into it a bit more. It was, a, I mean, certainly there's going to be some plot holes pointed out <laughs> yeah, that, that we've been discussing. It was an episode. Yeah. I, I definitely had some issues myself. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get to. For all those issues, though, I still kind of like the episode. Yeah. It's, oh. I, I remember it from as a child like not like i mean not that i didn't remember the 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 fur the pilot or or the i mean i totally didn't remember last week's episode but like this one like specifically i remember the the that plot device is that something that has shown up in other things like i mean obviously in star trek transporter malfunctions happen all the time but like i feel like i feel like oh, a, a i think in the original G one, there was they had a like some weird thing happen with the space bridge, right? Like then, like like Spike and his dad get like sent to Cybertron for a few moments or something. Yes, Spike and Cybertron, I think, have gone to S- Spike and <laughs> yeah, they've gone to Cybertron. Um, but I th- think there was also an instance where they s- where some of the Transformers got sort of sense to a different planet i want to say okay is that when they met those little the beast characters in the japanese cartoon where like they have those like heat sensitive breastplates i don't think i think actually they were like giant sort of not humanoid they're like they're aliens but they're giant so the transformers were like toy size that's really big, then. Transformers yeah. are already pretty big robots. Exactly. So they basically went to a planet where it was, like, normal, like an, our normal planet, so where they are our toys. Exactly. And I'd say another form of media that has something similar to this is, well, Power Rangers, Billy d- invented the teleportation oh. thing <laughs> With by, commu- using, by, tapping by making into communicators. communicators. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Is I, I are there any is there ever a Power Rangers episode where like they accidentally teleport themselves to the wrong place though? I, I can't recall. Probably. Yeah. I want to say probably, but you know, I don't. Know. I guess it feels. I guess. I guess there are a lot of there are a lot of in media uh, malfunctioning transporters or getting getting sent someplace you weren't expecting to go to. Um, definitely, definitely happens. I mean, Chrono Trigger, that's like the base of the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just find it like, like I don't know what correlation these these writers think that communications and teleportation have. It's like they're going to send people through radio waves or something like that. Like, I don't, it's weird. Well, you can send data through, like, I mean, wireless modems and stuff now. So maybe you can send metal through it eventually. So you said we're going to go like Digimon and turn ourselves into data? And then... No, we are not going Digimon. <laughs> That's not happening. Or maybe it's that, it's that Star Trek fan theory where they're you're actually um, they're incinerating themselves and then cloning themselves on the other end. Ah, uh, I, I really feel bad about that theory. It worries yeah. me. That's depressing. Yeah. Depressing. <laughs> oh, and I'm. And did you, do you guys? I don't know if you guys follow Doctor Who, but there was a Doctor Who episode where he basically used that that principle. Um, 
and uh, and he had to punch he had to punch his way out of a thing over the course of like a billion years and he kept like almost dying and then he would like set the transporter to like make another copy of him and then he would go and punch the thing see and but the thing is is like like i mean i understand like using that as a as a principle like you know making a a one-to-one copy and then stuff like that but then i think of things where like you know multiplicity or anytime i've used a copier and you know how a copy of a copy kind of gets degraded you know so just oh well, well, here's but here's the thing. Here's the thing about here's why it works with transporters where it might not work with other stuff, and and particularly in this Doctor Who episode, and this is also how they've done it in in a bunch of different Star Trek episodes where they used a similar principle. They've got like your, it's it's a it's not a copy of a copy. They've got they've it's a copy of the original, and then it's like they're making multiple copies of the original. So. Okay, but see, they've got the you know they've got the set data. Now, see, as a geneticist, though, that kind of makes me wonder because uh, there's such things as late onset genes and and environmental factors, and like, so do you get the template like when from when they're born or at a certain age? Can you te- can you tweak what age they are when when you have the original copy? Because is it just their specific genetic code or yeah? When, so, when you have to keep when you have to keep updating yeah. the, the data if it's like. Because, like, well, for one thing, memetic information. Yeah. Have to be well, updated. you do. No, you do update the data. That's why they. Okay. So, so for so the Star Trek theory that that they're getting murdered and then they're getting reconfigured, I think is is kind of a joke because the punchline of that joke oh, is yeah. that's why they can't understand. That's why they can't understand what happened a week ago. Um, but <laughs> the, but the idea of being able to like reconfigure somebody based on their um, uh, transporter array or whatever. I don't remember what it's called. Like, like there's a thing and actually there is a, there's a next generation episode from season two where, um, Dr. Not Crusher, um, Pulaski, <laughs> Pulaski, where they, they actually do use a previous version of her, like oh, of her DNA. They find a strand of her DNA from, yeah, a, yeah. from a hair yeah, follicle. It, uh huh. Yeah, you know what episode I'm talking about with the yeah. psychic genius kids that make everybody old. Yeah. Sorry, did you say Doctor Nutcrusher? Are, are we talking about the same thing here? <laughs> I no, think that's Doc- the wrong Star Trek that John's watching. <laughs> I said Doctor Not Crusher because it's Doctor Crusher the, like the rest of the time, but season two it's uh, Doctor Pulaski. Yeah, racist oh, doctor. Right. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. She would fit in with the Maximals nicely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gone off topic a little bit. So, so Data is Dinobot. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, if anything, Worf is Dinobot because Dinobot. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> Except for like, I don't know this episode. He's a little not Worfy, but we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so does that does that mean? Uh, uh, Optimus Primal's uh, uh, Captain Picard. Picard, definitely by played by Patrick That's Stewart. Obvious. Yeah, oh, man, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I would say, I would say that he is, he's not necessarily Picard, but he is the he is the captain. So he could be, you know, he could be, 
you could probably say he might be Kirk or he might be like, he might, I would actually, I would honestly think he's more like, almost more like young Kirk from the, from the, the Abrams verse. Maybe. I don't know. We could, that that's Optimus. I don't know. Young, young Optimus is pretty like, I don't know. He's not like, he's not cocky. Like, he's not Kirk. that. Yeah. That's not him either. I don't know. We'll, we'll, th- we'll Wait, come back. We can come back that, to this. I'll that, submit a listener question next week. Would that make uh cheater was uh, Wesley? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, Cheetor's that's what I was. Thinking. I don't know. Cheetor is not quite like, no, annoying as Wesley. Wesley was. You're right. Because <laughs> he's because he's <laughs> he's like, still got to come into his own. He's young, and he's and he always screws everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheetor, I don't want Cheetor to be Wesley. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, but Optimus keeps telling Rat Trap to shut up, not Wesley. <laughs> well, I mean, with him, with him, with him screwing up, I'll, I'll get into that when we get into that. But I mean, he doesn't. He screws up, but he like he um. He he fixes it like he like Rat Trap pretty much sums it up perfectly at the end of the episode. But yeah, yeah. actually, you know what? I am gonna say um, that I could see Optimus as Kirk, Rhinox as Spock, and Rat Trap as Bones. I think that's mm-hmm. a that's a I, that's a triumvirate kinda, that would make sense. Yeah, I can kind of see that dynamic. Yeah, between the three I of could them. see that. Yeah. And uh, and and um. And Cheetor is the rest of the Enterprise crew from the from the original series that are all idiots. <laughs> oh my! Like he's the he's the he's the one that you know he's the one that buys the Tribble, or he's the one that uh, you know that that sniffs the flower, or eats the plant, or whatever. Maybe oh he my. gets killed in every episode. I don't know. So this has been Star Trek, Star Trek talk for this week. <laughs> Anyway, like oh, wait till, just wait till next week. Should we yeah. take a break so we can so we can put in Star Trek music? Uh. <laughs> oh God! Or just provided ourselves. <laughs> so, moving on, let's uh, let's go to the Kendall Reads IMDb. Okay. Okay. So I have one thing to say here. Pterosaur's line, Welcome to the Dark Side, has been misinterpreted in such a way that fans have begun to think he was actually referring to the Predacon base, whose name is never uttered once in the series. Later, media started to call it Dark Side or Di- Dark Seed, with a Y, uh, pronounced Dark Side probably. This does not change the fact that that wasn't the writer, what the writers intended. And I just realized you can say interesting yes or no on the trivia. Oh. So I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'd say yes. Well, it's interesting that fans reacted that way, but I mean, like, I, 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 I did not think that wouldn't happen. I thought it was like, you know, oh, welcome well, to the bad guys being bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. See, and see, like, when I, f- I remember vaguely, like, when I first, you know, just hearing the line without any context. Yeah, I just think he's being dramatic. But then, like later on, I heard somewhere that oh, the ship's called Dark Side. So when he says it there, it's like maybe he what like you can't help but if you're thinking that you can't help but say like maybe that's what he was doing. <laughs> I and guess so, it, just, it just it just totally lines up perfectly with like <laughs> you know a dramatic oh saying wait, as well. I do remember checking. Oh, uh, I'll get to this in a moment, but uh, checking the wiki about the names of the ships before. But there's. Uh, checking the wiki about uh, references and continuities and trivia, I love how it expands on what uh, Kendall just read. Like hmm. uh, they like do four. There's like four bullet points, and they're all about 
and like three of them are about uh about the Predacon ship and then kind of cursory about the maximal one. And I think I'm just gonna read them like word for word because they're kind of hilarious when sure. when they go here. So First point is, uh, when Cheetor appears before him, Pterosaur greets him thus. Welcome to the dark side, in quotes. Uh, the episode script reveals that this was simply Pterosaur being dramatic. However, because Transformers fans can be incredibly literal, the incredibly <laughs> is actually, like, uh, italics. <laughs> Some fans effectively <laughs> latched onto the idea that Pterosaur was welcome Cheetor to the dark side, also in italics, supposedly giving the Predacon ship slash base a proper name. This bit of fanon was made official by the video game Beast Wars Transmetal Metals. This is the second bullet point, by the way. Years later, the ship's name was further codified by the BotCon 2006 story Dawn of Futures Pass, which dodged uh, trademark issues by giving it the inten- intentional misspelling Dark Side or Seed or however you say S Y D E. And then still the side, yeah. It's, yeah. Still, it's still side, but it's but it's spelled weird. Yeah. I just was being obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Third point. And I'm assuming they were avoiding Star yeah. Wars like stuff, which I was gonna say. Pterosaur is just a huge Star Wars nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see that. I imagine. Or that. a DC Comics nerd. And then the right, third. If you spelled it S A I E. How do they spell it? S E I D. That's that's how they. S E I D. Yeah. Because they, they have to make it as difficult to spell as possible. When I was a kid and I just read the name, I thought it was Dark Seed. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. seed too. And then the third point, this is what happens when fans are allowed to run things. Period. Seriously. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so it got canonized later, you're saying. Yeah. That's that's because cool. fans kept on <laughs> harping on it. And then the fourth one, as I said, was about the Maximal ship, where curiously, at no point has anybody interpreted Dinobot's line as suggesting the Maximal ship is meant to be called Enemy Arms. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the maximal ship's name axelon I, yeah the axelon and yeah. i remember like i said like i looked up there was looking at their names and there was a trivia note that said apparently there's uh a prequel comic that it was pterosaur who named the ship so like you know it seems sense that like i guess they were making a call back to this episode but apparently there was also a point where waspinator wanted to call it buzz bomber <laughs> I like that that real like revealing that pterosaur named the ship. It makes me think that he was just super eager to like tell someone about the ship's name when yeah. Cheetah showed up. He was like, hey, "Oh man, my chance!" Because they, they they stole the ship when they stole the the the, the golden disc. He yeah. renamed it while they were on that on that trip for like five minutes, and then they crashed, and so he couldn't tell the he couldn't tell anybody the name. I like this. And and after after this happened. They hadn't decided on the name yet, but after this happened, he's like, so I told the Maximal that we're called the Dark Side, so we, we have to stick with that now. <laughs> There'll be a bunch of confusion if we don't. They'll keep calling it that, and you'll call it something else, and nobody will know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, and you know, there is precedent for a, um, for, yeah, fa- fanon in pop culture and stuff, like, I mean... Uh, Han Solo making the to the castle run in twelve less than twelve parsecs, even though parsecs measure distance. 
uh, it was explained in the first uh, Jedi Academy novel. It was like, well, you know, parsecs measure distance, but you have to go really fast in order to get close to the asteroids or something like that. Like, yeah, like there, like, there was a there was a an explanation. Oh, and okay, uh, I, I think Star I Trek novels are full it of that was, as well. It was something like basically because it's a huge asteroid field, you have to and you have to go dodging around things and stuff like that. That it would increase this length. He could do it under twelve parsecs, meaning that he was basically cutting through a more direct route, but also more crazy, dangerous route. Yeah, right, right. And it's fat, and it, and you have to be fast to do that because yeah, of stuff. Yeah, which but, is also uh, but, another argument that he's a secret Jedi master that he and doesn't even know it. Although that didn't no, save just, him from the episode seven. <laughs> No, he's, he's, I honestly, I I honestly like that kind of idea because there's just so many th- little things that just kind of fall into place. And I think someone's best argument was he would be so mad anytime he tried to pawn off one of his talents, and someone's like, "Oh, that's just the force." He's like, "No, yeah. I'm a good pilot." And he's like, "Well, your you know preconception and and uh, heightened reflexes is part of Jedi training." So and then he so, shoots them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and tells people later that they shot first. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. yes. I don't know if I brought that up on a previous episode, but that's definitely yeah. okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking about yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally that's totally what I think. Oh, I will say, I will say, um, some of those like I think that the the Han Solo the Han Solo Jedi theory, although it's not one that I've heard brought up a lot, um. And it's not as obnoxious like Jar Binks is a Sith Lord theory, which just annoyed. Um, oh, is this going to be the Jar Jar or is really Snoke? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or some, yeah, yeah, like something like that. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. I didn't, I didn't go into deep in depth on that because people have been making similar theories since I was in elementary school. And uh, I mean, you know, the, my favorite, my, the original one being that Jar Jar Binks is actually Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. And and there was a and you know there was a it was it was fun back in you know back then you know I think I'm I'm I, past that now but I think the thing about Han is uh, just having read even though they're not canon anymore having read so much expanded universe stuff where they made it very very clear the dif- the difference between Han Solo and somebody with with the Force like yeah. well I th- part of that is that he's not actually trained it's just he's one of the things is that he's just, it is a natural affinity. Like uh, Luke Skywalker hasn't had much formal training, but he's still force sensitive. So it's like a difference between a force sensitive and an actual Jedi, I guess. I see. I, I think um, it's, it's more like, cause I, I think you could make an argument that the force helps Han in a big picture way, like kind of gives, makes him lucky a little bit. Um, but he does not have a, a direct connection to the force in a way, even, even like, um, like, cause he's, cause he's a good pilot because he's, he's good and he's skilled and he's, and he's got some dumb luck as opposed to Anakin who was, was, uh, attuned to the force and could, was, was able to kind of see things before they happen when he was in the pod racer as the only human able to fly these death machines as a 10 year old. Like I think there's, or nine-year-old i hate it when people get anakin's age in episode one wrong and i just got it wrong so nine-year-old <laughs> i'm everything i ever I, hated on this podcast 
And honestly, I, I just, I just, like I said, like I just kind of like hearing those kinds of theories and and explanations. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly have no idea, and I, I don't like. While I like the idea that he might be, you know, force sensitive, I don't want to say that for sure because we don't know, and there's no, there's there's not been something that just has been specifically pointed at and has said it out loud. Also, so. I think if if you told that story, it would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Like if if in the Han Solo prequel movie, you find out that he was supposed to be, a, you know, that he has a good midi chlorian count as a baby and he was supposed <laughs> to go to the Jedi Academy. But then, he, you know, got kidnapped by Wookiees instead. Um, <laughs> anyway, raised by the Wookiees. Anyway, we're getting one, way one off thing. topic here. Oh, God. that's OK. We're yeah. only half an hour into the episode. Yeah. Well, we're not even we're not into, into the episode. <laughs> we need to get into the episode. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, right. I, did, I did have one one little piece, one piece here, because we were talking about the the dark the dark side versus dark side versus dark side. Um, in the quotes in IMDb, so I'm assuming that this is a different person posted this. Uh, it does have the one quote. It has "Welcome to the Dark Side, Maximal," and "Dark Side" is one word, so it, with it, with a capital D. So clearly, this fan believes that that's the name of the ship. So the fans do exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You All may right. proceed, Greg. Yeah. So we're we're getting into the episode now. So after the credits, we are shown a mountain and a storm that's raging above it. The lightning from the storm actually strikes the mountain and causes some of the rock to crumble from it, revealing another giant deposit of energon. The weather yeah, on I, the weather on the Earth of two moons does not get around. No, yeah. it does not. The way, it, the way it crumbles too, it looks like it's like imploding. Yeah. Really weird. Did you did you guys feel like this was a really impressive thing in 1996? Like that that Probably. shot? Oh, definitely, yeah. it would have yeah. been. <laughs> Like it just yeah. felt like a, a a look what we can do with this technology shot, yeah, and thus didn't hold up very well. <laughs> it would have been like one of those demo reels that you would have seen for like the really advanced graphics cards at the time that were like eight megs of RAM on them. <laughs> like, look what we can do. But anyway, so we we have this mountain crumbling and revealing another big deposit of energon. And of course, Megatron's not here, so he can't start drooling over it because he's still dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was thinking about that this episode. It was like most of the way through the episode before he showed up. <laughs> yeah, I got to thinking if they were they're trying to like have a. If they were trying to save Megatron as a reveal, but they clearly weren't. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I almost wonder if it was. If. if um, if like the because was it Japan was this actually Japanese first? No, it was English first, and then oh, it was oh what's it? yeah? Did we get the Japanese title of the? Oh, there, yeah. it wasn't in it wasn't in the IMDb. What? <laughs> Apparently, the guy didn't care. hold on. I can he cares about this episode. That's okay. one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I, I uh thank I the wiki seems to put a bunch of the tr- foreign localization titles like for French is uh do a do back to back. I'm guessing that's how it's said because I don't think it's dos like like Spanish, but uh, the Japanese is Jigen Bakudan Tenso Sakusen, if I said that right. Operation Time Bomb Transfer. 
direct. <laughs> Operation Time Transfer. Better than equal measures. I don't even like really get that. That word means, yeah. Yeah. I guess it means that they're equal in like the vein reveal, I guess. Uh, maybe, it, it, yeah, maybe they can't, they have to use the same type of uh, combat measures against each other or, or risk blowing each other up. Yeah. Right. Neither one can get that tactical advantage. Yeah. I, I suppose it just, maybe. Um, Operation Time, what'd you say? Operation Time Bob Transfer? Yeah. It's a way better, <laughs> that's a way better name. Like, like not even exciting. like, and it's not even in like a oh, that's a Japanese name, so it's better. But you know like, what? The title's on the laser disc. I'm sure. <laughs> there, I brought it in again. Yay! <laughs> Have to every episode. That was, that PWA was has Mister Mixoplex, and we've got laser discs. Pitalik. So. Yes. Killplex Tim. I like that. I like that there is a correct way to pronounce that name when the whole point of of his of that character's name is that it is not pronounceable. Mm. Well, I guess it's like Cthulhu, where it's like you can't really pronounce his name, but it's the closest you get. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, considering it was once voiced by Gilbert Godfrey, I don't think you would <laughs> want it to be pronounceable. Yeah. 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 I mean, but like I remember, I read a I read a comic not too long ago with him in it. And, and he like broke the fourth wall and was like, I'm more the real than you because you're going to go away, but you can't even say my name. Right. And I was like, it's like, that's the whole point. Of, but then, but everybody still says it. So, <laughs> so, so it opens with, uh, yeah. Optimus. Uh, yeah. We've got Optimus <laughs> looking at this crumbling mountain. And did anybody else notice Optimus's ears? What about him? Um, How they're almost non existent. I remember he looked weird in that scene. I, I didn't. Go, I don't gorilla ears are really tiny. I, I noticed that when I was like drawing. Yeah, the they logo, do. I had to look at Gorilla reference. They're just tiny. That's just how kind of they are. Yeah. It looked a little weird when I when I was watching it. I was like, those are really weird looking ears. They're tiny relatively. I don't know how big they are compared to like human ears, but yeah, like. I said when I was when I was looking at reference art for like that picture, I, I noticed that the gorilla ears were really small. I'm probably gonna do a screen cap of that for the uh, for the actual <laughs> episode picture, just so cool. that everybody can look at the ears and see what I'm seeing because it, it was a little weird. But Optim- so Optimus is watching this mountain crumbling, and he's in the process of trying to get in contact with the base. Uh, He's trying to get in contact with them so that they can. He's basically saying, "Scrub the mission." There's an ill will, ill wind blowing our way, and of course, he's getting no response because of the storm. So, he's on his way back to the base, or at least that's what we assume. And we actually cut to the base. The Frydocks growing little tree pylons. <laughs> so appar- apparently, Rhinox did have more spare parts for for something. Oh, yeah, for something else. Yeah, for for a better version of his of his communicator. Or maybe this is just two months later. Maybe nothing has happened for the last two months. Yeah. Squirreling away off of crash parts until they could build these things. Yeah, or you know these particular things they might have had in abundance since they were supposed to be doing exploration. So well, that's true. Cause they... I was, I was referring to um, his communicate, his, his ability to communicate oh, more yes. than a hundred meters. Oh, that's true. Mm. 
Do we know how far away Optimus is at this point? Hmm. Little did we realize it was just outside. And he was just like, <laughs> could have been. I locked myself outside. He was only outside. 200 meters away. <laughs> did you guys not see the giant mountain implode? <laughs> no one was looking out the window. <laughs> there are no windows. <laughs> not That's a poor design anywhere. for a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, haven't you ever seen Star Trek? They don't have a window. They have, like, yeah. a view screen. Except for the new one. Nah, the new one, it count. is actually a window. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> we don't count that universe. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. I'm, hmm. yeah, it's not <laughs> We're not going to get into it. <laughs> I remember that being a thing in the, in the Halo novels where it was a covenant design that the, the bridges would be in the center of the ship where they were least likely to get hit while uh, human ships had like the bridges with a window and it's like well that's kind of stupid because you could just shoot the window and everyone's yeah. dead <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense it does so we've got this scene in the axelon now uh we see rhinox working on these different uh sort of pylons you could say and it yeah, cuts to rat traps. yes <laughs> I was going to make a joke like that, too. <laughs> so, Rhinox is asking Rattrap if he's heard anything from Optimus. Uh, Rattrap is like, not a flicker. The storm's trashing the comlinks. Worse than usual. And that's bad enough. So, obviously, the communication is still pretty bad, according to the way that they're making it seem there. So, we've got them now saying, this mission is too critical to be... Inter- Interrupted by minor variation of weather, and of course that's by Dinobot being rather wordy. <laughs> and then he's asking who tilt the synchro laser, to which we then cut to Cheetor, who has this funky looking tool. Always eager to help that Cheetor. Yeah. <laughs> so, which cuts to him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> So he walks over to the Dinobot who's working on this. See, I initially thought he might have been working on one of these pylons as well, but apparently it's something else. Yeah, me else. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As it turns out, it's a bomb. <laughs> Which, you know, as Cheetor is starting to work on it, uh, it winds up triggering and well, winds wait, up dropping it. And, yeah, and, and rolling almost out the, out the door. Yeah. Well, yeah, what happens is like the 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 anchor things like kind of they recede back into the machine, which kind of comes up later. Yes, that she don't know how to do that. <laughs> and we get and this little scene. <laughs> it falls over, starts rolling, and immediately Dinobot freaks out and pulls a Homer Simpson on Cheetor. I love it. I love how Cheetor's legs are just like flying around as he does that. <laughs> just ragdolls him. Just bodily picks him up by the neck. Was it even the neck? It might have been like his front chest like his hand was like big enough to cover his entire chest it seemed i think it was his neck but yeah and now like like rat trap also like freaks out when the bomb falls over and starts rolling too because you know i guess they're worried that a pressure sensitive uh or something like that like a jolt might cause it to explode right right yeah, I, when I saw that, I was like, why aren't they, like, getting the bomb? Yeah, like... I was going to say, D- Dinobot's first move is to grab Cheetor and try to kill him rather than, like, get the bomb back. Maybe he's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to kill you first. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so the bomb rolls down. Uh, 
sort of like this elevator chute that they've got for the entrance for the base. <laughs> and Optimus immediately comes up holding the bomb. He's like, uh, is there something going on here? I love when he comes up. He's also like casually tossing it up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Just completely oblivious to what was going on. <laughs> so... Cheetor immediately greets Optimus. He's like, hey, Big Bot, we're just locking down the Big Bang here. After Dinobot drops him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's kicking over there. And I love, I love that this happens a lot in shows where, like, the guy's, like, holding on to someone and then just lets go without even, like, looking at them kind of thing. Because he's like, oh, because I'm done with you. Yeah. So Cheetor uh, says that they're all set to blast the Predacon base back into orbit as space debris. To which Optimus responds with, put it to bed, we're stalled. And of course, everybody's like, why, why, what's going on? And Wait, what about, didn't the bomb almost go off again, though? Uh, like, no, yeah, oh, yeah. He it, goes it's over to of... read him and he takes it from it, it like, it starts to go yeah. off. Yeah, it starts doing a countdown and then it stops. It, do- it does like a power up and then a power down. And then, of course, Cheater tosses it back to Dinobot. <laughs> I love how temperamental this bomb both is and how they completely keep forgetting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Optimus is saying that the storm is going to be hitting them in about an hour. And, of course, Cheater's like, that's not a problem. I can ru- outrun anything this guy's can dish out. You're not the Flash, Cheetor. <laughs> You're not Cheetor that fast. Not that fast. Like he, he seems like he always thinks he's really fast, but he seems to be like not that much faster than any of the other characters. He acts like he has super speed when really he's like, yes, you are the fastest land mammal, but that's not that like crazy, you know? Yeah. Like at a short distance too. Like don't cheetahs have like they're known for their speed, but like don't they? Uh, can't they only run for like? two minutes or something yeah. like yeah uh, but i mean i i i kind of write that off as like oh he's a robot cheetah so he can run longer but he still like can run that's probably okay. what it's oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah yeah i mean I, and he's a cartoon character so therefore he's you know got like one defining characteristic of of whatever you know they oversimplify everything so so yeah like, that makes sense yeah and in reality too like one of the things with cheetahs why they can't run super, for super long is that they, they use up so much energy to run that if they don't like kill and eat something after running, they're 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 pretty much fucked. Like they're gonna yeah. like starve yeah. because they're so skinny. They need to like keep that kind of balance. I mean, so that, I'm not, so that is I'm like not, the Flash. It's like when he has to when he gets really yeah. low blood sugar. Again, not a zoologist, so it's probably <laughs> not in, incredibly accurate. But that's my understanding of it. Yeah, it's probably somewhat similar to that. Like they only have a certain amount of energy that they can expend safely chasing after prey before it becomes, you know, it, it's not worth it to them. So. But yeah, you're right. He's a robot cheetah. So it would make sense that um, his energy, he would have, he wouldn't have the same issues because he doesn't have blood. He has robot fluid or whatever he said in the Mecha last fluid. episode. Mecha fluid. Which as we learned last episode, doesn't matter to certain individuals. No. <laughs> Still tears for the <laughs> I feel like that there's a there's a Godzilla joke in there somewhere, but I like if I remembered the word like a for a, for a Godzilla movies, what do you call those? Kaiju. 
kaiju. I was gonna say that was that was the worst that was the worst kaiju monster movie I ever saw. Mecha fluid, but um <laughs> Oh, I thought it was something to do with filters adjusting like the host. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't go and I you know let's let's forget about let's forget that ever happened. <laughs> I forgot I couldn't yeah. I guess you guys laughed at me explaining the joke, so that I thought yeah, I thought it was kind of it was, funny. Yeah, it was funny in the bad joke on a bad podcast. Right, maybe. right. <laughs> hey, we're an excellent podcast. This is, this is audio gold. In the top ten on audio entropy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Until there's an eleventh. <laughs> And we're fucked. <laughs> I don't know. I would say I would I would venture to say that we have fewer f bombs on this podcast than than any other audio entropy um, podcast. Yeah, I might that's true. That. Yeah, so that you know. So we're family friendly, unlike the rest of the podcasts. I've Just, dropped a few fair curses, but you guys are. Okay I'd that. say we're about PG thirteen, as opposed to, you know, they're like, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll drop one or two. Yeah, exactly. So, so PG thirteen. That makes yeah. sense. Except for in the first episode when like each of us dropped one or two, and then it kind of added up. <laughs> but nobody was listening back then, so it's not like I mean, it's not like I mean, these episodes do just get posted for one week and then they go away, right? No, no. <laughs> they're they're, like, they're on the internet forever. It's like this American Life, like where they they only you can all, you go on iTunes and you can just download this week's episode, and if you miss that, then you have to wait until they do a rerun. No, we're not like that. <laughs> okay. Regardless, we won't be You're on the same level mean. level as the other podcast until we start talking about our fetishes, and then we'll be like, then we'll <laughs> caught up with them. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how we're. Ever going to? No, we're not going to even try and think how that's going to happen. No, no. I, I will say we're probably we're since we're like the fir- we're the first um of the of the audio entropy podcast that like kind of came out of the of the since it came out we came out of the teenagers Facebook the teenagers with attitude Facebook page we came out off of the teenagers Facebook page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're fans of teenagers. So <laughs> oh god so, oh, so oh. we all so we all like you know i think it's a we're, we're probably all you know we all listen to those other podcasts whereas uh you know some of those other podcasts are just like they're they're not as meta i guess <laughs> that, i think that's where i was going so what happens next to the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah cutting back to what we were talking about here uh dinobot starts approaching optimus Saying to shake, yeah, he he's essentially of the mind. Well, what does it matter if there's a storm? We want to try and get the tactical advantage. To which Optimus is like, we don't want to set off some sort of an explosion with the energon that's out there. And Dinobot is like, well, isn't that what we want? Maybe it'll take out a few of the Predacons with it. And of course, Optimus essentially is accusing Dinobot of having a personal vendetta with Megatron, which you could honestly say he probably does. But Dinobot would admit it. But Dinobot's, <laughs> oh, yeah. but Dinobot's right here, right? I mean, yeah. yeah what is what is Optimus's endgame? Is his, is his endgame to... Does he really think he's going to, like... Arrest them. Arrest them? 
Like, That's what it almost seems like. It seems like he wants to try and get them to surrender in some way. Yeah, like Optimus's problem with Dinobot is that he doesn't want to kill the Predacons. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, um, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. And cause... I mean, I know it's, I know it's, it's, uh, and I, and I honestly, I really like, you know, I really like when there's superheroes that have different levels of morals and stuff, but it just seems like in this, in this setting, it was it was a little forced that he's like, that he's like, no, we we absolutely don't want to, we don't want to kill the the the, the Predacons, but we do want to like shoot at them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like the thing with superheroes too is that they're not usually fighting in a war, you know, they're right, like, they're, right. like they're fighting crime and and also the superheroes <clears throat> have like like all like I mean these guys kind of seem stupid to us, but like they're just you know. All the Transformers are kind of on the same level, mm-hmm. except for except for price differences. See, so I, I mean, <laughs> I think I know what exactly. it is. I think, despite the fact that Optimus did call it in the pilot episode the Beast Wars, he still thinks of like the Predacon, the Predacons and and Megatron as just criminals. Oh, they just stole the disc and the ship. We gotta bring them to justice. Yeah, I'd say that that's pretty much what we're looking at here, but. Dinobot's sort of quick to point out that, you know, this is a war and in a war you need to gain the tactical advantage by taking out their base. But Optimus's defeating them does not mean we have to annihilate them. And that, you know, he sort of points out again, the eagerness of Dinobots to scrap Megatron is clouding his judgment. And then Dinobot's like, we're at war. I think your judgment is clouded. So. And I, and I, one interesting thing that Dinobot says too is that he, if it was Megatron, he would kill the crew and spare the base. Yes. Yeah, I like. True. I actually like that line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't necessarily think it was a good argument, but I think the writers were actually probably trying to to um, make Megatr- make a Dinobot bad at arguing because he was right and they didn't want him to be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a. I mean, I honestly like I, that's. Better when sparing the base because that's resource. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. out yeah. the crew and then like yeah. So I guess it was it a good. Was a good I it was. It was. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it. It. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, are you really going to be at that much of a tactical advantage if you blow up their base, but like go out of your way to make sure they're able to escape their base and then regroup somewhere <laughs> else? You don't know where they are. Like that doesn't. I mean, I guess they got that big gun last week. Well, plus, but, they, I mean, the, the bases do have defenses, you, as you see later and stuff. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they both have, like, yeah. shields and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to some to some degree, I guess. It just seems very bizarre that they're like, we're, we're going to blow up their base, but we're going to make sure they have a way of evacuating. Like, we're going to, you know... <laughs> yeah. We're going into... We're going into Baghdad. We're going to bomb... We're going to bomb the city, but we're going to make sure all the terrorists escape first. Yeah. Like it just, it seems so a little. So we can arrest them later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's. I mean, I guess that. I guess that's true. And I mean, I know it's a. I know it's a kids show, and they don't want to have the. They don't want to have the protagonists be like full on murderers, and probably like they may even have been extra sensitive since the name is Beast Wars. Since it's you know since war is in the title, uh, if it was if it was overly violent. I mean, I I guess, but it's just it's just like it just that I don't know something something about it rubbed me the wrong way. 
Yeah. But I guess I guess I just uh, you know I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just you know maybe I'm just overly mainstream, but I think Dinobot's my favorite in this episode. Mm. I'm just gonna come out and say it. At this point, I don't have a problem with Dinobot, but I I do later on in the episode, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So we we cut to Rat Trap and Rhinox. Rhinox uh, is just sort of watching on, and Rat Trap points out that you know they're harmless little scanning relays that we've got here. All they're supposed to do is detect Pred energy signatures. They can play hockey with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they play air hockey things. <laughs> or um, pucks, actually. Not air hockey. I like how yeah. Rhinox like, plucks the one out of Rattrap's hand and just sets it down gently on the pile. <laughs> Almost like it's Jenga or something. That seems like something Spock would do to Bones. Yeah. Sure also, also, if you watch the original series episodes, Bones does have an exposed brain most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Spock's the one that gets the exposed brain. <laughs> In that one episode. In, yeah, it's in, in, in Spock's brain. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I've heard of, I've, I've heard tales of that. I've it, never you seen haven't it. seen that episode? It's, no. It's, it's actually, it's actually like an entertaining episode. It's a silly episode, but it is far from the worst. <laughs> the episode where they go to the planet with the Pledge of Allegiance, that's probably the one that's the dumbest. Yeah. Off the top of my head. But anyway, we're getting off topic again. <laughs> this isn't Star Trek or Star Wars talk. This is Beast Wars talk. War and Beast, rather. <laughs> so, Rhinox uh, essentially sides with Optimus on this, noting that Energon's an untested variable and that they need to be careful with it. And from there, they just sort of, you know, leave it as is. Uh, we cut to a scene of what appears to be Cheetor's bedroom. And he's, he's sort bunk. of, yeah, he's he's sort of sulking on his bunk. Did anyone else got, notice his little poster of a cheetah? Yes, I did too. <laughs> I'm like, did he put that up after he became a cheetah? He always loved cheetahs. So and you a, know what? And it's also it's a lady cheetah. You can't tell, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> you you know was, you know what? I'll bet I'll bet that when they crashed, there was a scene that we that was it was cut out of the it was it's probably on the laser disc, but it was cut out of the American release, um, <laughs> where they like they realized that you know this ship is big enough it was supposed to be for like all the all those uh, the crew that was that's in the cryopods or whatever. Yeah. So like so like there's a scene where they're like all running around the ship trying to pick out their rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I call this one. I bet you, yeah, I, I could see that though. Like they weren't going to do that until Cheetor was the first to do it, and they're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> I got this one." Because Cheetor's room's pretty big for like a yeah military quarters or whatever. Yeah, like but it said, makes sense since it was obviously a ship designed for more people. Yeah, it's probably a lot of the bedrooms. So maybe maybe Cheetor was just super anxious to get a pick a room, and everyone else was just like. I mean, okay, what's the rush? There's like hundred of them. And then they put and then they kept, and then they gave Dinobot the brig. Even though like even though even though he's you know, I mean they don't lock it or anything, but they, they do keep him in the brig just like he doesn't know it's the brig. <laughs> what are these bars on my bedroom door? Uh, don't don't worry about it. It's for extra security. 
think they, and he's like, you're not locked in here. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> you, think you think there's bars in the brig on that? On that? You don't think it's a force field based thing? There's, there's so like, he just has like, an open door. He has a cubicle, three walls. <laughs> yeah. Does he wake up in the middle of the night saying, I'm not supposed to be here today? <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to the episode yes let's we're we're on the episode this yeah. was this is totally on top yeah of course we we get uh dinobot coming into cheetor's room and cheetor is essentially expecting dinobot to chew him out a bit more because of what happened with the bomb earlier to which dinobot's like no i actually agree with you and we sort of get the impression that he's playing Cheetor a little bit. Yeah, he's all conniving. He's like yeah. really conniving in this episode. And it totally flies in the face of everything that was in like the first episode, well, the second episode, yeah. where it's like, oh, he's an honorable warrior guy. Now he's like, oh, he's a conniving, like Loki type dude. Like, I, I don't know. It seems it's kind of weird. I don't I didn't really like it. I didn't like Dinobot in this episode very much. Mm well, the thing, I mean, he does have his, he does have his own, you know, his own set of, of a sense of honor or whatever, but he's also, I mean, he also doesn't, the thing that he is that he doesn't have any loyalty to the, to the, the, the Maximals. Like, like, but I, mean, like I get what you're saying, but I'm saying, but I mean, like, it, if, if this is true, but he's like this like backstabby and like is he's like fucking over the maximals like while working with them like why it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense why optimus lets him stay on anymore like the only reason optimus like was like this guy's okay he can join the crew is because he had a mutual respect over his code of honor and if you throw that out the window then like it doesn't make any more sense for him to be on the team but i mean this might just be this one episode thing where he's like totally started screaming it up but we'll see, I guess. That could be, too. It could be, like, because it's one of the early episodes, they might have still been feeling things out with some of the characters. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, also, I mean, he doesn't do anything. I mean, he's no worse than... I mean, although he's, like, it's a little bit more intentional, I mean, he's doing the same thing that Rat Trap did last episode. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, I mean... Uh, Rat this, Trap did uh, yeah. Optimus is beggars can't be choosers choosers here. Optimus has right now he's got Rhinox who's good. He's got Rat Trap who doesn't want to be there and is a hothead. He's got Cheetor who is just doing whatever he wants. Young at least at, yeah, young and inexperienced. At least Dinobot is is competent and and he sees something in Dinobot, I think, is is the even if even if there's still I mean I mean Dinobot was a full on was the full on enemy. Yeah. yeah. Until like, I mean, he he switched sides really fast. Um, I I really don't have a problem with him having. Um, I mean, he's still he acting did. like a Predacon. Yeah, yeah, and 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 sort of and a little bit having his own agendas. He also technically, I mean, you know, if, did, did, I don't think he gets caught in the episode in this episode. No, no like, but I mean, like, if they keep Optimus, us up. Oh yeah. Oh, that's why Cheetor was out there with those with those posts. Yeah, Cheetor Cheetor didn't uh, ride him out. I, I, I get the comparison to Rat Trap there, but the thing with Rat Trap is he's been on. I, I assume he's been on this like crew for a while, and he started off as a Maximal, so it's a little bit more forgivable with him. While like with Dinobot, it's just like, like I said, um, 
the the same the same guy who doesn't let his opponent fall off a cliff because he wants to beat him in honorable combat is also the dude who lies to someone's face and then betrays them in this episode. Yeah, it's a bit of a one eighty. Given well, what it's a, we knew, it's a matter. You're you're and you're saying lies to their face. You're referring to what happens later with Pterosaur, right? Yeah, and I get it. Pterosaur is a bad guy. I'm just saying that. It doesn't. It's not consistent within the character. Well, I'm not I, I saying think that it's a bad thing. I'm just I think saying. it is. I think it is consistent because uh, because I I don't see it as a straight up honor thing. I see it as uh, Dinobot has respect for um, for 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 Optimus, where he does not have respect for Pterosaur. And he and he even said earlier in the episode, "This is I'm making this argument up as I go along." But I this I just thought of it. <laughs> um, he said he said that. Um, the Predacons would, you know, would would kill you and spare the base, but you know, basically meaning the Predacons would be more than happy to, uh, to do whatever, you know, do to to murder all of them, you know, and so he's so he's uh he's mirroring their tactics because obviously Pterosaur is 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 you know is scheming and conniving and evil and and backhanded and and. Dinobot probably knows that better than anybody else because because they you know they they used to be on the same team so he's just he's he's treating he, he his his idea of honor in this sense is he has no he has no respect for um, this guy's tactics so he's not gonna so he's not gonna bend over backwards to be honorable he's not gonna shoot himself in the foot with uh, by to be to play fair I guess I mean I see what you're saying I I guess I just I just prefer the other side of Dinobot to the conniving side. I think I think it makes him less endearing, personally. But I get what you're saying. Uh, I uh, just want to point out the wiki actually does note it, where it says Dinobot is kind of a jerk this early on, and then it says and Cheetor needs obedience beat into him, <laughs> and, then, and then underneath that and Ratchet just needs a snot beat out of him. <laughs> a lot of opinion on this wiki. <laughs> Not very objective. <laughs> well, let's face it. Is any wiki truly objective that has? No, they're supposed to be, but yeah. I guess. Yeah. So we we get a scene here where Dinobot is essentially playing to Cheetor's thoughts. He he's saying yes. Optimus treats you as a child thinks that you're incapable of handling any of the important tasks. Like you said, he has no faith. Oh, sorry, John, what was that? It's like he's manipulating him, yeah. Yes, exactly. But then he he's of the mind, well, Cheetor's like, well, I could show him a thing or two, and Dinobot is like, well, then why don't you? And then he starts <laughs> playing to Cheetor's pride a bit. It's like you've mapped every energon deposit for five hundred meters, and for, yeah, you, within the nearest port, within a quarter mile of here, you've mapped every energon deposit. Yeah. Oh, I hate I hate that line so much. Yeah. Because because five hundred <laughs> meters is not very far. Like, no. <laughs> plus, the only thing I can think is you guys talked about that Transformers episode where they go to the planet where they're the size of toys. I mean, maybe on Earth with two moons, they are the si- maybe these Transformers are the size of toys. Like that's <laughs> I mean, 500 meters is not very far. No, I mean, it would also explain why their communicators only work 100 don't work more than 100 meters away, which is also really not very far. But like I was just so like 
and it's not like this is a it's not like they said this is a quadroparsec or or something like (laughs) it wasn't some made up made up word like this is meters like do the writers not know how long a meter is they should they're canadian yeah (laughs) i was just about to point that out too and then cheater cheetor gives that smirk yeah Yeah. and his eyes like (laughs) yeah so dinobot says in fact you're the only one who could pull off this mission and that pretty much sets things off and we get cheetor now sort of sneaking out of the base and this next, the next scene is, is would be really fun if I wasn't so mad about him <laughs> saying 500 meters when I was watching. It. Like I was, I was like, like really, like I can, I can, I know that we nitpick about stuff on the show, but and I'm probably, I, as we talk about it, I've nit, nitpicked the show more than I expected to, but like, <laughs> but like that's like I can't, I just can't get past that. No, I totally get that because it's like it's, I, I, it, the line just flew over my head, so I didn't notice, but totally like. That's less than a kilometer is not very impressive. Like, no. like I can see. I mean, I've been playing Pokemon Go. I know how long a kilometer is. Like, I know how long twenty-five <laughs> kilometers are. It's oh. it's not it's not very far. It is not. It's like Unless a it's tenth... that last kilometer you need for the for the ten k egg. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're not getting on to Pokemon talk now. <laughs> I was playing it earlier. I'm not getting into it. You run a, you run a tight ship here, Greg. <laughs> I run a tight ship, yes. So we we cut to a scene with Cheetor running along some cliffs. He transforms and I, so I he has some sort of storage compartment under his his cheetah chest, head? I guess. Yeah, under his cheetah head. In robot form. I'm looking at a storage compartment. I, I I equate it to like you know how sometimes women will put things in their bras. It's just something that's there they can put something into. Well, I re- I remember it's not made for it. It's just it just kind of works. <laughs> I remember a lot of toys sometimes had like little spaces and things like that that you know you you could imagine them hot putting stuff there when you, when you when you were playing with the toys. But I don't know. Like I don't think that this toy when it transformed had space like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. It probably would have. Yeah, I think it's more so something that was just for this episode. Yeah, yeah. and I honestly, I didn't have any problems with that. I I was still fuming about the. I haven't any problems with it. We're just we're just commenting on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, I just I think I think it. Yeah, I mean, if you know, Rat Trap can have a a replicator in his arm, then. uh I love how yeah, the how the pucks are are collapsible rods, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we get him, like you said, it's sort of this collapsible rod that he extends out and then plunges it into the ground, and then immediately is struck by lightning. <laughs> and he's like, "You, yeah, you think that scares me?" And then he's it zaps like, him again. And he's like, <laughs> "Yes, yes." It does. <laughs> <laughs> the the DM's just like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know, yeah, that's that's a that's a thing. Rocks fall, everyone dies. Yeah. The all so, DM ending. Yeah. 
So we get the scene sort of extending. He's running along. He'll set these rods every so often. Uh, he's pretty close to the energon deposit that we saw at the start of the episode with Optimus. And we have a scene where he's running towards this chasm where there's a bunch of energon in it. And I think he tries to gauge the jump, figuring he can make it. And yeah, like a sensor shows yeah. up and it like kind yeah. of zooms in on it. And, and, and he, mean, he almost doesn't make it. Like, he he almost, doesn't make it because his sensors are glitching because he thinks it's only two meters wide. <laughs> he, 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 he rolled his acrobatics check. He was short on a DC a little bit. And the DM gave him a chance to make a reflex check to ca- catch his fall. <laughs> from here he manages to climb back out of the chasm and keeps running and we get a bit more of a scene where he's now moved on he's about to put another one into the ground and he's getting cocky too because he just yeah. flips it like a coin yeah flips it up grabs it and he's Cheetor about to... cocky yeah <laughs> <laughs> But this time he gets zapped with the lightning again. So obviously the DM was getting a bit fed up with his antics. And so as he's Maybe about he to... rolled a nat one. Oh, that's true. A natural fail. Yeah. Yeah. So as it turns out, the, the rod sticks into the ground and the ground splits immediately revealing that there's some energy on underneath it. And of course, cheater thinks, oh, my God, it's going to explode. And then it cuts to commercial because obviously we need those dramatic cliffhangers for commercials. Indeed. But when we come back from the commercial break, there I mean, obviously there's been no explosion, and Cheetor's just trying to pull the rod out of the ground. Very unsuccessfully, he keeps getting shocked by it because apparently there's no is it like an energon surge, I assume I, that's yeah, coming. I think through? it's because it's it's like actually like touching the energon vein or underneath it or something. Yeah. It might, yeah also, and it, it might also be something that when it got struck by lightning. Oh, that could be too. And I guess robots are different than people because if you're a person and you grab onto something and it shocks you, you can't let go. That's one of the problems. That's what gets you is your muscles seize up and letting go of something is incredibly difficult when you're being shocked. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, energon. It's energon. It's not, um, that's true. Lightning. So, you know, maybe energons work like uh, magnets or something. Again, robot. How so do they work? Be different. <laughs> no one knows. Well, just, okay. I mean, oh, scientists you know, tell you, but scientists lie and shit. So I mean, like, maybe whatever. it's a safety. Maybe it's a safety feature. If um, if if a if a robot touches something that's going to electrocute him, like it just like the reflexes to to move it away since um. You know, since when the robots were like made or whatever, they figured they might be touching electricy things sometimes. So that's totally possible. Yeah, it's like it's intelligent design. Yeah. So actually, what we're gonna do, if you guys don't mind, how about we take a quick break? Because okay. we're about yeah, we're just about halfway through the episode now. So we'll take yes. a quick break and then we'll get back to it.
come back. Hey. Hey. So, uh, che- so we where we left off, Cheetor just died, right? <laughs> yeah, he's dead. <laughs> totally dead. And the end credits happened, and it was yeah. like, oh well, that's that happened. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. It was a fifteen minute. They played. They actually just played a Space Coast rerun for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> a very special episode of Beast Wars. It's only half an episode long. <laughs> That would be, yeah. I wonder if any. I wonder if any shows have ever done that, where they like actually, like cut end the off. show, like really? cut it off, like like with time to spare. Um, not that I, I'm aware. I mean, of. I know like Walking Dead will randomly have a ninety minute episode for no reason. Yeah. Well, it might happen in like live television because you know something might happen. And they have to cut, you know, cut because it's uh, what's going right, on right. live, but. The closest thing I could think of is not cutting the episode short, but having the the end of the story happening in the middle of the story, and then the rest of the episode is just epilogue. In right, that. right. Yeah, like close. every episode of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but other than that, I can't like think of. Yeah, I just that would be an interesting storytelling device if you could if you. I think the network would be pretty pissed. <laughs> well, I mean, they would obviously they would obviously fill that time with something else but but it would be an interesting uh did my computer just beep on the on the skype call i didn't i didn't hear it okay well i'm closing out facebook anyway because everybody keeps because i keep getting facebook notifications (laughs) ironically because i commented on a thread that i was like if i comment on this thread i'm gonna get a lot of notifications (laughs) just just joined a pokemon go facebook group that just whenever i comment on something it gets like thirty thousand. Anyway, um, Beast Wars. Yes. So, so we all count us down and we'll continue. I thought we were continuing already. I haven't stopped recording. Uh, this is not part of the podcast. Even when I got up to get something to drink, I just let it go. So. I mean, I, okay, oh, yeah, no, so we can jump back in. I can make all those same jokes. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just keep everything we just said in the episode, and then <laughs> right, 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 right at the part where Greg's like, "Okay, well, I'm back," and then we start but talking. Greg, the show again. Greg, have you been recording this whole time? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, I just keep recording. <laughs> Go back to the stuff that we were saying while you were yeah. off, off mic and it, use it as a that... as a stinger for for this episode. We can still we can oh, still clap. So you like have some idea of where to jump back in if you want. No, that's okay. I'll be able to, to pull it from where I say, okay, I'm back. Pretty much, uh, yeah. So Cheater's dead. and <laughs> so, che- so Cheater's dead. The episode's over. Uh, but no, really, um, we, we get Cheetor. He, he gets this bit of a scene where he's trying to shadow box with the I rod know. that's he- stuck in the ground. Boxing routine, it, which is kind of weird for a robot because the only time you see boxing robots is like, well, besides that one movie with uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, but uh, Rock and Sock and Robots. Yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, there is another Rock and Sock and Robot reference later on this season. Oh, yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah there is. It's pretty good, too. But yeah, we we get Cheetor 
he shadow boxes with this thing and gets frustrated and then decides to just grab onto it. And as he does, the ground starts to split and then we get a lightning bolt strike. Next thing you know, he up and disappears and then we cut to the Decepticon base. And we have Pterosaur in there right now looking at what I can assume is like their sort of scanner or radar or something along those lines. I guess yeah, so. The, like he was, there was a shot earlier where he was talking about looking at it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a computer thing. Yeah. And so he's staring at it and he thinks that he sees something on it and then there's a bunch of static. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's just energon interference or the storm interference. And then we cut back to Cheetor. Not even the Maximals are dumb enough to try something in this storm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's one Maximal dumb enough at least. <laughs> so we, we get Cheetor suddenly uh, appearing on this panel that he was just looking at. And it throws Pterosaur onto one of those sort of floating hoverboards. Platform. Yeah, like a really? hoverboard or something like Hover that. Hover platform kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It, it, yeah. it works really weird. I don't yeah, know how it's... It, yeah. It's lucky they're not on water, because hoverboards don't work on water. <laughs> that was a Back to the Future reference for anybody who's too <laughs> yeah. dated to know this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to catch you, I was thinking about something else, because I was thinking, like, so, so lightning bolt hitting the communicator thing caused it to become a teleporter. Is that what Billy did? Power Rangers. I don't, I don't remember lightning bolt hitting them, but well, maybe were, earlier well, it hit it, was, it had they have batteries in them. It's like electricity. It's oh. like a little lightning bolt. Yes, that's and what maybe, sure. maybe that's the maybe that's where the the lightning bolt in the Power Rangers logo comes from. It's the <laughs> lightning bolt that hit Billy's communicator to make them be able off, to help off camera. <laughs> so we we get this little scene where Cheetor is sort of like wondering where he is. Uh, what's new pussycat because <laughs> <laughs> cat jokes <laughs> oh my Cheetor essentially is like did I get fried is this and he sort of alludes to you know maybe this is heaven so it, we do did we do this joke already where 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 Cheeto was just a huge furry before this happened, and then like that would explain and 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 now that he's like this this actually happened he's like, oh fuck, finally, I get to express myself how I've always wanted to, <laughs> but yeah, that I would don't explain believe we poster. did that joke before I don't think we have well, I just made it then <laughs> All right, so we'll check that off the list <laughs> <laughs> is this like podcast bingo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I've, I'll, I've got my sticky notes on the screen on the screen here. I'll just oh. I'm I just I just have you know we got to hit all the all the bullet points. Mm-hmm. Got to talk about furries. Got to talk about Star Wars, Star Trek, and we're getting we're getting really far in here. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I assume I'm going to win a prize at some point. <laughs> okay. Get a line, you know. I'll stand up and say bingo. I'm trying to think right. of prizes, so, but I was going to say self-satisfaction, but that's not really... Mm, <laughs> that's not a good prize. No. So th- is this is where we have the famous line, Welcome yes, to the Dark Side, right? Yes. <laughs> it is that, indeed. That all fans will remember forever. 
Hey, I got, I got, I got. Canon forever. Show me, show me, show me. Do they have cookies? Is that is that on your bingo card, Greg? Because he says, "Welcome to the dark side." I. Oh damn it! Oh god. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I hate, I hate that too. I apologize. I apologize. That was that was probably the most offensive joke that I've that I've made, and I do I do want to apologize for that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, we get Terrorsaur. He transforms. Cheetor is like Maxim, and he's like, "Oh wait, did that already?" Which yeah, I that, that was that was funny. Yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot I, about that. That, was, that, was, really that was the moment when I was back in. I forgave them for the five hundred meter thing, or I didn't forgive them, but I forgot about it yeah. because I chuckled at that. Yeah, it was great. So there's a little exchange between the two of them. Uh, Terrorosaur is like, I heard you were fast, Kitty. And he says, You're not so swift to me. And Cheetor's like, Just wait till I get in shape. And then he transforms back into beast mode. And I forget that he's like, They've been like kind of flying around on hoverboards this whole time. It's, yeah. It's a really weird ship. There's like lava in the center. Is it, did some of the lava like leak into the ship now? And that's yeah, why like, they have to like. I guess like the entire bottom of the ship, or like at least in the command center, the bottom of the ship got like scraped and is now like in the actual volcano uh part so there's like a just a pool of magma and there was wasn't there some kind of i feel like there was some kind of uh explanation of that at some point like where there was like a minor eruption or well or an explosion or something i i know like uh it's been mentioned that uh where it crashes is a shield volcano which is a weird which is more of a like a crater dome than an actual mountain of yeah. of things. So it's so it's kind of like why you know like um I think what it, it's also like basically like there's a somewhat covering of of like already solidified magma. So basically it's kind of it's kind of like a fr- frozen lake but instead of ice on top it's ma- it's it's uh hardened magma. So mm-hmm. breaking it at certain points will be just like cracking it, and instead of falling into water, you fall into lava. Mm. Okay, makes sense. Someone wanted to play the floor is lava game, and they <laughs> took it quite literally. <laughs> it's lava here, here, and here. I like that. I like that. <laughs> that. That makes that makes that makes sense. That yeah. makes more sense. <laughs> uh, I do. I do want to say also. Um, I like that in this he goes back and forth between robot form and beast mode. Yes. Um, I think that's a, that's kind of a, a cool thing. The only thing, the only thing is there is a scene later in the episode where he is still running, but he goes into robot form to run yeah. faster. And that's just what I was talking about, yeah. which doesn't make, I, I have a, I have a theory for that, but we'll get to that. I think so, um, but I have one too, but it's yeah. When we get there, we can, we can um, compare notes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like I, I, I've always loved it in Transformers media when they they utilize their transformations in the fight to do different things. Like, like, and they do they do that really well in that in the the Platinum Games game uh, Transformers Devastation because there's like there's robot car attacks you can do or like your special attacks. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. I've always thought that was really cool. And I'd, even if it wasn't in the games, I'd always try to do that. Like I don't know if you guys remember the PS2 Transformers game. But I would like ram into an enemy as a car and then transform and start shooting it in the face while I'm close to it. And like, I, I also, cool. 
I, I also um, I think it works particularly well in this show since if they want to, they can make them transform really fast as opposed to like Power Rangers. Like, you know, no, the, the episode that comes to mind is the uh, the one that was where they're where they're fighting Goldar Zord and their strategy is let's transform a bunch. Um, and like they show every single transformation sequence and it's like, can he just punch them while they're halfway transformed like in yeah. this show in this show it happens real like it happens really fast like he does a little flip and then he's transformed and I, and I like that and they can I think they probably slow him down a couple of times when they want to but it's just kind of nice and he doesn't actually have to say cheat or maximize he can just sort of transform when he needs to it's I, I like that yeah and then that makes sense too you know saving some time say yeah broke up a little bit there yeah saving some time as opposed to like having an extended transformation sequence where you, like, fill time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so to catch up to where we were, Cheetor says, I just gotta get in shape, transforms into his cheetah form, and then jumps at a pterosaur. Yes, and he knocks pterosaur into the console that he arrived on. And from there we get another flash of light, and pterosaur disappears. Also, also, I want to point out in this, in this scene, because this is the first time I noticed it, although it happens, I think, a couple of times in the episode. Like, if the, if the strategy in this episode was to dismantle the Predacon base, um, they actually do a pretty good job of that. Because the Predacons are constantly shooting at Cheetor <laughs> and just <laughs> screwing up their base. Like, I think, like as, soon as, as soon as Cheetor gets there, doesn't Pterosaur sh- shoots at him and misses and hits the console? Well, yes, the entire bottom's covered in lava. I don't think it can get much worse. <laughs> well, That's yeah, true. I mean, hey, it's I I told you it was a bad plan, but this is what <laughs> Optimus's plan was: was to dismantle the Predacons base, and, you know, if, and running around and letting the Predacons shoot at it themselves seems as good a as good a plan as any. Yeah, well, mind you, Optimus might not even know that it's got lava on the bottom of it. That's that's true. They haven't. They never made it in because the closest they got was uh, they they saw Tarantulas's little lair. But yeah, they didn't. Well, although, assumedly, Dinobot knows what it looked like. Yeah, that's true. true. You give and tell. <laughs> I'm just thinking the lava's a new addition. Like Dinobot, <laughs> Dinobot comes here and is like, I love what you've done with the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been it has been at least three months that they've been there. Oh, that is true. Fix the comm equipment or something. A lot of it could have melted through the bottom of the thing. You know. That's very possible. Yeah, so, it doesn't seem like a particularly stable setup. No. So we, we get a scene with Waspinator carrying Scorpionok. Yeah. In scorpion some, form. Something from Nightmares. Yeah. A wasp and a scorpion joining forces. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, the world's coming to an end. Wasp and scorpions teaming up to take us all on. Doesn't help that scorpions are like the thing. If there's one sort of bug that I hate the most, it's scorpions. So yeah, seeing a giant wasp and scorpion is freaky to me. I don't think I've ever like encountered it in a scorpion a scorpion in real life. Like I've seen them in pet stores, but there's just something about them that just creeps me out. Yeah, spiders are the thing for me, but scorpions are definitely up there and they're they're both arachnids. So. Yeah. Although I I do remember hearing a story about a lady 
in your region, John, I think out west, who was stung by a scorpion in her bed. Not to freak it, it you must, out or it anything. Must, it must, no, it must have been a pet, though, because like the, the climate out here is not conductive to scorpions. No, it was... Um, I can't even remember it now. I'll try and find the link and I'll send it to you later. British Columbia? Yep. Really? Yep. It's pretty, like, cold and... So- Southern neat. British Columbia. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that goes down to, that goes down to the, to, like, the California Peninsula, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure I had my geography. Well, like, well, like Vancouver is right across the river from, like, uh... Oh, fuck. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. It's freaky stuff. I don't like scorpions. <laughs> I, I will say also, it's- Baja, California is the geographic location that I was thinking of, but I couldn't uh, remember what it was called. I, well, that's, I was gonna, yeah, that's the I was joke. Say that um, scorpions at least are more dead. Like tarantulas are really freaky, but scorpions are more deadly because tarantulas don't tend to be poisonous. Well, like scorpions are always poisonous, aren't they? Or venomous, I should say. Yeah. Venomous from uh, <laughs> whatever size they are. Um, I'm pretty sure. Most of them are. I'm. I'm not sure if all of them are, but I think most of them are at least. That's the whole point of a tail, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So, Waspinator drops Scorponok onto one of those floating platforms, and they both transform and start chasing after Cheetor, who's who's apparently familiar with how these work, as he's able to drive one pretty fluently. Maybe it's just, you know, typical Cybertronian design. I mean, they used to steal the ship. They they did steal the (laughs) ship. So maybe it was kind of more of a mass-produced feature. He used to ride those of his buddies at the Cybertronian skate park all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's sort of, that's sort of what I would take. Also, they don't look that complicated. No. Although it's only like one sort of break. handle. Yeah, lever handle brake sort of thing. I guess it sort of works like what a motorcycle would be, you would expect. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But we get, uh, I'm assuming it was Waspinator that shot the hole in the vent? I he think. did, it was eye lasers. Yeah. And so Cheetor transformed. eye lasers again? Yes. Oh, yeah. good. They didn't forget him yeah. yet. Yeah, Cheetor yeah. pulls a pulls a Adam Jensen and jumps in the vent. <laughs> yeah. So Scorponok is like, "Do you report this to Megatron?" And Waspinator comes back with, "You're second in command." It's <laughs> so, like making an order then. Yeah. <laughs> like From being second in command, like Scorpion just sounds like one of those like like he sounds like Grounder from. From Song to Hedgehog, like he's kind of like dumpy sounding. Like he doesn't sound like a smart dude. No, he's second in command. <laughs> well, he's, he's second in command. I mean, I don't know if, if this is actually true, but this is what I'm gonna say. He's only second in command because Dinobot, uh, you know, because Dinobot's no longer on the team. Yeah, I, I guess all the Predacons are pretty much like bumbling, except for Tarantulas and Megatron. But Tarantulas doesn't give a shit, so he just like <laughs> and and Megatron is intentionally dumb. Yeah, <laughs> when he when he makes his mistakes, they're on purpose. Hmm. Yeah, it's in order to further the story. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the purpose. So we cut to the Axelon again, the the Maximal base. We see this 
glowing orb sort of fly through the air, then enter the base, and then we see the communication console in the base glow, and then all of a sudden, Pterosaur pops onto it. And he's like, where is he? Where is he? And then we have Dinobot appear in the scene. Transform. Or does he transform and then say, welcome to enemy arms? Mm, Or does he say it and then transform? I'm rewatching it right now. I'll give you an answer in a second. Oh, yeah, he says, welcome to enemy arms, and then he transforms. Okay. But maximize, yeah, Yeah. after saying that. And, of course, then Pterosaur is like, I don't know how you brought me here, traitor, but prepare to stay in the deck. And then he realizes, oh, wait, I'm, like, in no position to be threatening (laughs) anybody anyway. So I don't think he has his gun. I think he lost his gun. Regardless, Dinobot just grabs his face oh, yeah. and he gets up. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this sort of realization that plays on Dinobot, Dinobot's face where he's like, could it be that an accident of technology and nature has actually created a transporter? I can't help but wonder if maybe they were trying to make some sort of play on transporter versus transformer. And it just didn't carry over well. <laughs> I don't think it. I, I think it. I think it has sense, but uh, I think it's kind of. I think it's trying to play on the whole like nature and technology thing, though. Yeah. So, so this this upcoming scene when they they vaguely say that they're going to form a truce and then an alliance to take out both teams because they're going to take advantage of this being able to teleport between the two bases, like. I, I know John has a problem with it because he's actually betraying Pterosaur and doesn't seem super honorable. My issue is, what's their plan? Well, yeah, that, well, that too. I, I think I think well, Pterosaur I mean, I, is just more uh, shouting off, off, out the mouth. Like he yeah, didn't see, have a plan, but uh, Dinobot obviously has a plan because he's smirking the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I mean, as much as I dislike Dinobot's con- conniving nature here, he's clearly being like, yeah, I'm just going to, like, play along with this fool and then, you know, get over him the first chance I get. And he, he might not even be like, like, Dinobot's less like, oh, yeah, we're going to take out both teams and more like, I'm going to use this to my advantage to take out the Predacons right. at the very least. It's, it, just, it just seems it. like... It just seems like at least like there should have been like some explanation of like what their plan. Because I mean, obviously, the plan to kill the the Predacons is to send the bomb and have them get blown up. Yeah, but, I mean, really, Dinobot's plan to beat the the the, uh, the 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 good guys, the Maximals. There isn't any. Again, yeah. I think Pterosaur's just trying to. Uh, you know, capitalize and make an opportunity or, or spin things that in, in positive ways. It's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. I found, I found this gold nugget and together we'll rule the world kind of thing. Like, I don't know how, but I, that's going to be my end goal. And, yeah. and he figures his best bet is to just hope that Dinobot buys it and assume that Dinobot has a plan. Yes. I, yeah. I think, I think like Pterosaur is just stupid and Dinobot's plan honestly works completely except for the fact that Cheetor kind of messes it up but in a good way because <laughs> right right yeah. right knowing what knowing <laughs> what he knows Dinobot's plan makes sense yeah yeah and he almost completely pulls it off and he even he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for well, that meddling cheetah and, 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 you like you were 
we'll we'll get to it, but you how you were mentioning how conniving and stuff like that, but he actually does uh t- take the plan to Optimus. He doesn't t- decide to do it on his own and blow up the ship. Like he actually tells Optimus he he sets a timer and everything. So he kind of does give uh some concessions to Primal. So I think that's, that's true. It goes back into the fact that like in how he doesn't respect Pterosaur, so he can easily double cross him, but he does respect Optimus Primal, so he does lie yeah. to him a little bit, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, no he doesn't mention. Like, oh, yeah, guy. Pterosaur was in the in the ship. Yeah. I just threw him out of the garbage. And also, <laughs> the reason Cheetor is in their base is because I sent him out after yeah. you told yeah. him not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and why does he like? I mean, you know, I said something about the brig earlier. Why doesn't he put Pterosaur in the brig? Uh, because well, do like, we really know that there's a brig? Or, or something. I mean, assumedly, yeah, they're planning on arresting all of the Predacons. There's got to be some way that they. Well, Dinobot doesn't want to arrest them. So he'd rather just like set them free. I think. Well, I think like I, I think it's more of just he would ruin his plan of blowing it up. Like he would, he would say something that would, like that would get Optimus to basically not let him do this at all. To think that that Cheetor is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe killing him would take too long because. And we've we've established right. that shooting them doesn't kill them immediately. So maybe he's like, I could, there's no fast way for me to kill this guy. So I'll just get him out of the picture yeah. first. I I guess I I just I feel I really feel. I mean, he could have even just stuck him in the garbage thing that he stuck him in and just left him there. Yeah, yeah, probably. Could also, also, I didn't read it as garbage shoot. I read it as uh, as a toilet. Um, <laughs> I thought it was an escape pod thing. Yeah, like, that's that's what. That, that's where one. That's where one of the Scott. That's what. Yeah, sorry, I keep talking to her. But that's where one, where one of the pods was before it got shot out of a ship, kind of thing. Yeah, that's how I saw it. I think the gar. I think the garbage thing actually makes the most sense. But I definitely yeah. read it as a toilet. <laughs> doesn't even what he pushes or whatever looks like he's flushing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a switch. It's a little weird. We're getting ahead of ourselves, I think. Maybe it was a garbage chute that looked like a toilet. Any listeners out there who have access to the episode, if you want to message us and let us know what you think it is, (laughs) then maybe we can get to a consensus on it. Because I think we need to also talk about the fist bump they share. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was the cheesiest, 90s thing I had seen in a while. But fist bumps are not 90s, are they? I mean, They're nineties. Yeah. They've got an electrical blue shock going on in them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 <laughs> I suppose I'll grant you that. But I, it I is didn't... really weird that they did a fist bump. But I like it. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like fist bumps fist... are still a thing, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, they oh, yeah. What's weird the is that the fist bump causes like that energon spark or whatever. Cause yeah. it, and it is actually happening because when they go to show smirking Dinobot, there's there's you can uh, see the light lightning and flying off of it. Yeah. yeah, they just needed a guitar riff and like radical behind it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Pterosaur did just travel through Energon, oh, like it was so transported like, through Energon. I yeah. I so got like the sense that shot. with all that stuff, so, yeah, the, with all that stuff, there's definitely because I think Cheetor was like shorting out when he uh, when he got back there. Yeah, okay. that's true. Well, Static Shock is another '90s cartoon. So. <laughs> a good one. Oh, maybe maybe it was late. It was Ooh. early 2000s. Static Shock is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Oh no, I, I I thought it was great. I I'm kind of sad that I missed it. Most of it, like I had to catch the reruns. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and uh like I actually kind of liked Batman Beyond and it was like the same Oh, I love Batman Beyond. And it's one of my favorite way, shows the way, ever. The way they the way uh like Static Shock was actually kind of connected to uh was it who was it Bruce Tim and who who yes. did yeah, yeah. There, there was an episode yeah. where they had a crossover yeah. Yeah, yeah the way they actually kind of made it a cohesive like in universe thing was like one of the first kind of neat meta things that I've ever seen in cartoons and I was like wow that I kind of wish I'd seen more of this show when it was first being first run well yeah because they don't they have Green Lantern crossover with Static Shock at one point. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like an episode where he goes to the future and meets like Future Justice League and some of the uh and some of the old timers too, like besides like Batman Beyond and stuff like that. They did some yeah. neat crossover things. Oh yeah, like I mean this Static Shock was part of the DCAU. Yeah. I mean even be- but before Static Shock, I mean Batman and Superman crossed over, so I mean like I don't know, it's yeah. just, like they were adding on to the AU. And then there was that other show that was like uh, a, a branch off of um, Better Beyond about that robot oh, guy. Oh, Zeta Project. That guy, yeah. That was, yeah. That was cool. That was a yep. good era of cartoons. Yes, it was. Oh. <laughs> and you <laughs> know, fun fact, <laughs> Batman Beyond uh, was, uh, an, was the Batman in the Batman Beyond verse, uh, Bruce Wayne and Barbara Gordon had a relationship yep. uh, uh, that yeah. was alluded to. And, uh, you know, so... This uh, the animated killing joke is not the first time that happened. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah there, there was there was movies, um, like like Batman animated movies uh, that took place in the Batman animated universe. Like I think I think um, the Batwoman movie. Yes. Um, like it, it, it has them. They're a couple. Like they're they're like hmm. they're, in the Batwoman she, she, movie. Yeah, like Batgirl and Batman are a couple, and Batgirl's like phoning him from like uh, she's like visiting some other country, and she keeps like phoning Bruce, and like, yeah. Is that is that Barbara Gordon though? Yeah, I don't remember that. No, no, the yeah, there was a separate Batwoman movie that came out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw yeah, that movie. To re, they reintroduced I, Batwoman. I saw that. I saw that movie. It's just been a little while, but yeah, I I, I didn't remember. I didn't realize that there was a that there was this overt a. Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne are together thing. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Yeah. And it's also in the Bruce Timverse. That's, a, that's, huh. For, uh, Cause that's still weird. It's still weird to have yeah, a guy, a- guy banging his guy, banging his son's ex-girlfriend. It is really weird. Still, yeah. yeah. I mean, but like in, in the, when you said, so when you said Batman beyond verse, you meant like the comic book version. Uh, well, I think no. it was referenced in. I think it was. Re- it, I don't. I'm. I'm hearing all this secondhand because I. You know. No, I'm pretty sure it was in the cartoon. Yeah, I at was one thinking point, it was referenced he, he was talking to Bar- Barbara Gordon, who's like well, this chief. Well, and it's okay, got like, to do with. It's got to do with uh, what caused the rift between uh, Bruce and the and 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 Dick in the in the Batman Beyond. Uh, okay, because uh, like. Show. This is we're getting way off tangent. Yeah, yes. I just want to say like here. the reason I, okay, like the, 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 the DCAU, I'm not separating Batman Beyond and Batman mm. because they're, it's all part of the same universe. Right, right. That's yes. why I said the comic book one, because the comic book oh. one, I believe it has a story where Barbara Gordon's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh, I'll congratulate Dick. And she's like, I haven't seen Dick in like seven months or something I, like or I, like uh, whatever, seven weeks yeah. or I think I remember. Nothing. That's in the comics. That's not on the show. And okay. in, like, in the show, 
they she never cheated on Dick with Bruce. Right, right, right. In the comic, she did. Okay. okay, I th- I think I just remembered where it was the 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 Return of the Joker Batman Beyond movie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was. Yeah, I think that's when it was mentioned. But so that's was- interesting. If it was in if it was in Mystery of the Batwoman as well, or whatever that the Batwoman movie, I might have to. And I was called that, but for, yeah, Transformers okay. time. <laughs> yeah, back to Transformers. Getting back to the Transformers episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had the 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 big shocky fist bump. And, you know, from there, uh, I believe, yeah, it's really weird. And then we we get, I think there is a bit of a guitar riff during it, isn't yeah, there? I think yeah. so. Hold on. And then it immediately cuts back to, and I'm going to refer to it, since it's canon now, apparently, I'm going to refer to it as we cut back to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a little weird. You could That's say- almost going to be like our cut to the moon thing. <laughs> We cut back to the dark side. So we, we cut back to the ship and Waspinator is shooting his instead of his eye beams, he's shooting from his gun. It looks That's like some so sort of a stinger gun. gun. Yeah. And I love how he's doing this too. It's like he's riveting the yeah. the thing. It's yeah. just yeah. chunk 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 chunk. Just Yeah, it's like spaced out intervals trying to hit Cheetor with it, and they're exploding in the vent. Like, yeah. just small explosions. And but. it turns out he's hurting them to some place where Scorponok can shoot him. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and he's also, like, I mean, this is another example of, of him just totally trashing their own base. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, it's an air vent. I mean, assumedly, there's a reason for there being an air vent there. Like, it's not just something that people can run through. Like, yeah. Actually, why would they need an air vent? Like this is really <laughs> is it, really is it an exhaust for the ship? Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's probably that's probably got got to be what it is. It, Maybe it's a maintenance tunnel. Yeah, maybe. It does that would explain like, why it's like robot sized. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would that would make that would make sense because it does seem really, especially when it, when Cheetor first goes in, it does seem really big. Like I thought it was a hallway. Yeah, so did I when I when I first saw it. Yeah. That's what I thought too. It's you know what it is. It's probably the Jeffrey's tubes. Uh, we'll never Don't escape Star one. Trek. <laughs> Not on this show. <laughs> so we we get a scene where Scorponok is using some sort of an infrared vision to track Cheetor as he's running from Waspinator. And he says, I have him. And then he shoots off one of his claw rockets. In, it goes into the vent start, and so we get Cheetor sort of stuck between Waspinator's fire and this incoming missile and he sort of alludes to, I'm trying to remember what the wording is shredded or something yeah. Yeah. or blasted? Oh, shredded or sizzled, what a choice, oh, okay. that's what it was and so he he decides to turn around and I don't know why he was worried because he literally just jumped up over one of Waspinator's stingers. stingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and keeps on running and then another stinger makes contact with the rocket and the rocket explodes oh. and we get this fireball. Joel fireball. Yeah. Chasing after him. And that's when he decides to transform. Because <laughs> apparently yeah. he runs just as fast, if not faster. But no, my my okay again. My theory here is that he he at this point knows okay the blast is gonna hit me, 
my mm. robot form is better defense. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking maybe he was pulling like what that one Futurama with Bender where he met uh, the god thing where like he's going fast and he knows he can't go fast enough so he turns into a robot so he can use the concussion of the force wave to push him faster. Oh, okay. Maybe. Although I don't know why he... but again, like your your theory is actually much better because it's because yeah. it, he's much more durable as a robot. <laughs> I think either what or or there's the other theory that um he forgets which form is fastest. <laughs> that's that's a that's, that's a possibility. He's like, Perfect. well, clearly, well, I thought this was my fast form. Maybe the other one is. <laughs> I, you know, because both of your theories sound smart. <laughs> one thing I know about Cheetor, he's not smart. I also want to, because um, I like this was like the one note, one of the notes that I like made mentally. I'm gonna have to start writing stuff down when things happen. But way earlier. Cheetor does call Scorponok and Waspinator lamers. Oh yes. yeah. Which later which, lamers or something like that. Like <laughs> which I was like, is that a is that a pun? Like was he was it like lemurs, but like lamers? You just call them lamers I, the 90s. I don't I mean <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was Yeah, but people the didn't 90s. say that in the nineties. Oh no, but it I sounds know. like something that they thought <laughs> It sounds like something a, a writer of a cartoon show would think was said in the 90s. Like more phenomenal? Yes. Like, to, to be fair, I don't, I don't think anyone has ever said lemurs. Yeah, what so kind of animal is a lemur? <laughs> like, is a lemur slow? Are, no, lemurs are pretty fast. Yeah. They're like, they're like a monkey. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're not cats either. No. I don't know. Well, you remember, uh, did you ever see Madagascar? Um, maybe. I don't think so. Okay, I just Google image searched. Okay, that's what a lemur is. Yeah. I was going to say it was the king from Madagascar. They yeah, are, they are like, endemic like the of the lemur. island of Madagascar. <laughs> yes, they are. You could also say they're the, the lemurs from the hit television show Penguins of Madagascar. Oh, that's true, too. Well, that's, that's true, too. <laughs> the same character, though. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, you might, you might know them. The TV oh, show okay. Penguins. Because I personally, like, I, I thought the movie was like, eh. But the TV show, I was like, oh, this is entertaining. I'm sure that I'm sure that there are a lot of people who only ever watched the TV show, never watched. It's like, you know, it's like Stargate. Like, you know, the, oh, totally. it's really known for the TV show. I mean, there was a movie, but, you know, nobody knows. Everybody knows the penguins of Madagascar. Nobody knows the Madagascar. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Jackson wasn't even played by the same character or wasn't even played by the same actor. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know Stargate was a movie until like way later. I, I was like, "Oh, Stargate's a TV show," and then I was like, "Oh, I, I didn't realize it was a movie made by that same guy who did Independence Day." Yeah, yeah. See, actually, saw though, that actually movie. though, if you see the movie, that Daniel Jackson is, it, they cast him. Especially if you watch that movie and then you watch the first season of Stargate, Daniel Jackson is. It's even though it's a different actor, it is the same guy as opposed to Jack O'Neill is like a completely different character. They completely yeah. reinvented his character, but like, yeah comes highly recommended hmm. anyway that's we're getting back 90s, to the show damn like it beast wars. <laughs> back to beast wars so yes we got a big fireball and here's knocks, where it knocks uh uh waspinator and scorponok onto a ledge and yes. off those platforms yeah yeah it wasn't too good for them either yeah no, no. i yeah, was half they're expecting destroying their base they are straight up destroying their their own base. <laughs> yeah, doing the maximal's plan. 
So right after they get flung off, uh, we hear Cheetor say, yo, bullet train coming through. And then he busts through uh, like this fan at the end of the vent and gets hurled. Well, it is a vent. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he busts through the fan. I was like, wouldn't that hurt? Because like the fan's moving. Like, and he didn't get chopped up. Well, he he busts through like the entire sort of covering, enclosure like, part, it was, like the covering. Yeah. yeah, like the covering. There's a covering that's shaped like the hallway, and there's like a circular vent in the middle of it. Yeah, and he just busts through the entire okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's probably true. It still is weird though. It is. I yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm and he okay doesn't get it. out of it unscathed. His little ear head thingy flips down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's true, and he's in robot form too. So he's yeah. he does have the you know he he's a little tank. bit more durable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, I'm I'm okay I'm okay with that. They they, they get a pass on that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, he gets sort of flattened and knocked around a bit. We then cut back to the Axelon, and we've got Dinobot and Pterosaur walking by what we alluded to earlier is either garbage chute, escape pod ejector, or the toilets. They look really more. dirty. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the scene now and it looks like, yeah, there's like some kind of residue coming along the edge. So maybe they are trash yeah. shoots. I think they might be. <laughs> if there's residue on the edge, hopefully it's not toilet. Yeah. yeah. Really gross. Yeah. <laughs> I would Robot not want to be clean up. They are, they yeah. are partially organic, right? <laughs> oh. I mean, Rat Trap was eating an apple. There's got to be some. <laughs> I just rewatched the part where he's like, he's like kicking Pterosaur into it, and she's just so goofy looking. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 funny how some how this show like mostly it's like it like looks like a you know like a like a computer animated robots like like a vid, almost like a video game or whatever, but then occasionally you get those like very cartoony moments. Yeah, um, and I think this is one of them where Pterosaur becomes the shape of the thing that he's in. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Did we mentioned like, conservation of mass. That, like, yeah, Dinobot got what he wanted from him, kind of thing. Where like, he's oh, like, yeah. yeah, he 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 verified that he doesn't need someone or some special thing to do it. All you gotta do is just touch the con- console, and it'll just take you across. Yeah. So he well, he essentially was just getting more intel on it to figure out how to do it himself. Also, I love that line where like, uh, Pterosaur is like, wait, I thought we were partners. And he's like, and it's like, in case you haven't noticed, Needle knows I'm not a team player. And then he flushes him out. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. I, I don't know how it was, how Optimus would have missed it. But <laughs> right after he ejects him, Dinobot turns around and there's Optimus just looking around. Like, he's oh, just I don't there. know what's going well, on. Maybe he had trash duty for the day, and he was just, <laughs> and he's like, oh, so taking out the trash like you like you were supposed to. Okay, where's Cheetor? <laughs> Good job, Dinobot. You get a gold star. <laughs> star next to his name on the list. <laughs> Jeez, Dinobot. It's Dino, Dinobot was on patrol last episode. He's got trash duty this episode. Is he like? Is he like KP next week or? Oh, he's the newest member of the team, so he's got to do all the long sodium. They're hazing him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's paying his dues. 
So that's that's why they keep him in the brig. <laughs> Aww. Poor Dinobot. So we get Optimus uh, looking around, sort of concerned. He's like, the survey posts are missing, as is Cheetor. And he's like, do you know anything about it? <laughs> Dinobot's like, so that's what he was doing out there. <laughs> of course, Optimus is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I overheard a Predacon community. And admittedly, he pulls this off the top of his head really well. <laughs> He's like, I overheard a Predacon communication. Yes, uh, there was a lightning strike on the sensor post and had an unexpected result of transporting Cheetor into the Predacon base. Regrettable. He was surely destroyed by Megatron. Writes Cheetor off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and Optimus is totally okay with that, too. Well, he well, is upset. He was, he was he sad. Upset. He's like, he's like, no. he's like no. yeah, he's like, stupid bomb, this little buddy's fucked up. Yeah. And then, of course, Dinobot's like, but take heart in the fact that through his ultimate sacrifice, we have been furnished with a way to defeat them. And, of course, Optimus is kind of pissed off at this point. He's like, how? And he's like, then he goes into the relay posts, the storm, and the energon all working together to make a transporter which connects the comm rooms for the two ships. And of course, then he's like, we can beam the explosive right into the heart of Megatron's lair. Optimus is sort of, you know, he gives that sort of questioning look, but he's not entirely dismissive of it either, which, you know, at that point, he's like, oh my god, the kid's dead. I, what am I going to do? And it is, you know, they do want to get the ship destroyed so they're out of the, that resource. So Yeah. So once once we get that, we cut back to, now I'm going to say it again, the dark side. And we have, <laughs> we have Cheetor sort of, you know, looking around. He stumbles upon this computer console. And he's like, you know what? If I'm here, I might as well get some information while I'm at it. And he Which starts. I find playing. very smart of him to be doing. Yeah, yeah, it's good to yeah, like, get that intel. Cheetor is he? He's a little too overeager, and he gets himself in a lot of shit. But he handles himself pretty well in this whole situation. Yeah, honestly. yeah. He, he showed that he can be competent and react well under pressure, but. Evil. Yeah, it's just, usually his fault that he's under that pressure. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he gets himself there, but once he's there, he can kind of do it. Yeah, and actually, it's kind of funny here because we get um, he discovers that there's an energon vein that's running under both ships. We sort of alluded to it earlier in this episode, yeah. uh, but he he discovers it and realizes, oh my god, if we blow up this ship, the entire line is gonna get. It's going to erupt, which will destroy both ships. And like Kendall said earlier, I think, like, I totally remembered this. And it, like, as soon as it kind of started happening, I'm like, I got my flashback when I saw it for the first time. And yeah, like, this is a pretty memorable plot point that, like you said, doesn't really get brought up yeah, again. Never mm-hmm. again. <laughs> and uh, at least I, in the I, first I love season. This, After that, I, love this I think tr- they kind of can write it off. Yeah, I love this trope here where, like, I'm hiding from the bad guys, but I'm going to, like, 
say everything I'm thinking out loud in a normal volume. <laughs> well, so that see that know what I'm thinking. <laughs> see that 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 proves a problem because immediately after he like downloads the information, it, shouting "download" or whatever is when things get found out by Wasminator and Scorponaut. Well, you know what it you know what it is. It's because he's a robot and robots can't think. <laughs> <laughs> It's horrifying. Just looking so, at like so robots can't dream of a le- of electric sheep because it can't even think about them. But he did dream in the last episode. Yeah, because he's a cheetah, though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is what happens when you mix uh, organic with tech technology. I think you're what saying that well- like. Because like human beings, when they're left alone in a room, they'll start like thinking tons of shit. So you're saying that robots, when alone in a room, will just like be constantly talking to themselves? Yeah, it's a it's a safety <laughs> feature. I think that was like Asimov's fourth law that if <laughs> that robots, um, if they're saying if they're saying conscious thought, they have to say it out loud. Just so it's just so like. It's just so like if a robot starts thinking like kill all humans, then like they'll be saying kill all humans. That way we'll know. Yeah, that one I heard know. that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing over there, Robbie the robot? Nothing. Kill all humans. <laughs> I heard that. You didn't hear anything. Man, I hope he didn't hear me when I just said that. <laughs> so Robbie. It's like this human can read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't even realize that they're talking. They're that's that's the fifth law. They don't realize it. Okay. <laughs> but then do, uh, but then other robots would, can other robots figure it? I mean, well, obviously other robots can because that's how he gets found out. Oh, God. Robots yeah, but they don't process it. They're saying their thoughts out loud. They just think they're talking. I might have to make this the episode titled The Fourth and Fifth Law of Robotics. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and that, that the little bit there also like he's like voice activating the computer, which is and, and it's like it's like I did get I, I didn't it didn't occur to me that the that the ship was probably stolen or standardized. And, you know, it, it did like I did when I watched that. I was like, how does he know how to work the Predacon computer? But I guess they're just, you know, they're just yeah. another faction. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets found out and shot at by Scorpion. Yes. Scorpion shoots another one of his missiles and Cheetor runs around the room twice I love this. They run past him. <laughs> they just walk him. Yeah, they're just watching him. And then, and then it ends up hitting Scorpionok, right? Yeah, he yeah. hits them both because he he just he does like a gymnastics Gym jump Kata. over them. Yeah. He 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 sort of springboards over them and keeps on running and they look back and realize, oh shit, and then they get hit with the missile. They were just so Wait. impressed by his acrobatics. I hate to bring it back to something we were just talking about, but I need to make a callback here because you said that the, the computers are standardized, but we figured that the Predacons are Mac users and that Windows users are oh, yeah. Maximals. So, so I guess that would be just why that would be why he just has Mac. to talk to the computer and it does whatever he wants. Because <laughs> Macs are so easy to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes makes sense to me. They, they have Siri on their computer. Yeah. Yep. Although in all seriousness. Oh, you know, but 
uh, in the Japanese version, they actually like gave the computer like call her like Navicon, and she like gives all the Predacons pet names and is like constantly like talking to him like in this like high infe- feminine voice. Oh god! Just like Siri. Amazing. <laughs> Yes. Siri so, calls me by calls me Kendall, but I know she calls other people by pet names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we we cut back to the maximal base. We see that Dinobot has the bomb now and is approaching the console. Optimus is behind him and is sort of agreeing to this. Yeah, it, he he's still got some reservations. He he's asking Dinobot. He's like, "No, are you sure that they're going to have enough time to escape the base?" And Dinobot is like, "Yes, I've I've they shall have thirty seconds. Any more, and they might be able to disarm it." So I, so that I like. Go ahead. I like how um, Dinobot's tail is kind of flicking in Optimus's face a bit. He just kind of like <laughs> yeah, pushes it aside, like. <laughs> so you know, I've I've brought this up before, but like if this was if this was a a a, doc, a a historical documentary about you know made by the Maximals after the Maximals won, that felt like some revisionist history right there. Like that <laughs> that uh, that oh yeah oh yeah they yes yes in this great battle they they totally they were going to send the bomb, but they made sure because they were so honorable that the Predacons <laughs> would have a chance to escape. Like that just felt like the the way that scene was written, and it bo- I think it bothered me the same way that it bothered me in the earlier in the episode when, when he was he was worried about it. Just felt a little um, felt a little forced, and uh, and yeah, like you know, I still I. Uh, what if they were sleeping a, when they when it got sent over? Huh? Yeah. True. I will say though that like Optimus, as the story develops more, he kind of gets. A bit of he, he becomes like a full on pacifist, I believe, in like mm-hmm. the very last seasons. Like he's like super against violence. So kind of a like it 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 gets developed more. That's his his mm-hmm. sense of not wanting to hurt people. But you're right in that it is a war setting and it's kind of like strange. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um I think he's he's being I think it's a little bit of revisionist history. I still I'm still I think that's that's another little piece that shows that the Predacons are really the good guys here. Yeah, because Optimus wasn't a pacifist back then, but he came on later, so he lied about it later. He's like, but in, in reality, he's like, kill the Preds, kill them. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. No, we should make it twenty seconds. We should make, make it twenty seconds so that so that it'll still it'll still give him a little bit of time. Like yeah, maybe 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 Waspinator can get out because Waspinator's not that bad. A tarantulas, he's probably not even in the base right now anyway. He's <laughs> he's finding himself a new cave. He might Actually, still be digging himself out. And this is the first we do we do because we didn't have any Megatron in the last episode, so we do get Megatron back. This is like the first time we see Megatron since he died. <laughs> not really a spectacular return. No. Yeah, because what we get here is uh Well We've said there's been a lot of time lapse, so he probably has already reappeared after, after. Oh, so, so everyone else already knows he's back. It's just us okay. that never knew about it. Yeah, it was it was on the it was on the 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 cut the cut Japanese episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the Maximals put the bomb on the computer, but then on Cheetor's side, he comes, he flies over and throws the four inch floppy on uh, his side, and they switch. Yeah. I love how it's a floppy disk. Yeah. yeah, and it not only looked like you said it was a four-inch flop. Like that looked more like a f- 
like one of the big floppy disks to me. That's true. I've never. Yeah. I've only ever. Ha- I only ever had. To, I only ever messed with four inch floppy. The the so. three the three and a half inch ones. Which sounds two, like really five and a half bad. inch. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've only ever messed with four inches. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it definitely. It was, we're talking about ninety six. Like it definitely would have been. That would have been when people were using three and a half inch floppies. So it kind yeah. of it makes sense that it was yeah. supposed to be with that. But it looked like a like a big one like he was going to stick it into an apple II or something oh yeah oh that's why that's that's why they're using they're using macintosh computers they're using apple twos that's why it gave it the bigger disc okay the maxwells are pretty lucky then that they had the the right interface for it (laughs) well see they 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 knew that uh since they've uh you know already taken care and created truce they made sure that there's at least one adapter on each ship Right, right. They have one. They have one console for the for the opposite for the opposite device, because because you couldn't. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like when you're talking about uh, in the '90s, uh, Mac versus PC, you know, Apple versus IBM computers. Like you stick an an Apple disk into your computer, and it was like, we can't we can't read this disk. Do you want us to reformat it so that we can read it and delete everything on the disk? <laughs> You'd say yes or no. Yeah. And then you'd say yes, and it'd be like, nope, we still can't do it. <laughs> That's my memories. Yeah. So, Cheetor is, is, is he, I, what does he say? He says, Lake, let's take this kitty home. And I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, how does he even know that this is going to take him home? All he's seen is somebody oh, yeah. touch it and disappear. He didn't know where they went. Well, maybe he sent that, maybe he wanted to throw the disc halfway in between the bases back to that outpost. Yeah. I mean, that's still a better place than where he's at now. Oh, I suppose so. But yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's definitely, that's a solid plot hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he tosses the disc onto the console. It disappears and immediately in its place is the bomb. And of course the bomb then sets anchors up itself. little anchors. Yeah. And he's like, holy cats meow. It's the bomb. Meanwhile, back at the other ship. <laughs> they get the disc. <laughs> Dinobot's like, what is it? And Optimus is like, it's a data disc. And they sniffs it. <laughs> it's got Cheetor scent. Exactly. That's the first thing you do when you see a disc is sniff it. Yeah. And of course, then he sticks it into the... He just happens to be standing in front of the console that has the Mac 2 interface <laughs> for it. And he's like, play this now. It's like, why does he need to be so rude to the computer? Well, Could because said, it, please. Well, because it's it's a Mac thing, and sometimes it's slow. So if he doesn't tell it, it won't do it fast. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, also, you know, he may have to be a little bit stern with it because he doesn't trust it. No, that's true. It is, it is aligned with the Predacons. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the Decepticon base again, and Cheetor is freaking out. He's like, I gotta get this out of here before it blows up both bases. And then we get Terrorosaur there again, and he basically holds Cheetor up and says, freeze, freckles. And then we get Megatron for the first time in, like, two episodes. (laughs) What? Megatron's alive? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) So, Terrorosaur essentially says, it's just like I said, one bomb, COD. And Megatron is like, do not attempt to escape, young one. Which I thought was a little weird. <laughs> Cho- choice of phrasing there. 
Well, I think they don't say about the bomb until Cheetor tells them about, like, hey, that's the bomb there in the front. Like, he he was saying, like, see, I told you the, like, he was talking about the transporter thing and Cheetor being on the ship. Yeah. And then he goes over to, when he says that's the bomb, he looks and he's like, oh, no, it's going to blow in 20 seconds. Yeah. And Pterosaur does this weird eye twitch that's, like, understandable, yes. but why would a robot's eye twitch? <laughs> Well, that could be... Well, no, because he's not human, so he wouldn't necessarily have that nervous tick. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great little touch. I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like the blinking thing, almost. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was a little weird to see now that you, now that you mention it. But... And it's a glitch in his system. <laughs> <laughs> he gets glitchy when he gets nervous. Yep. Well, I've... In some sci-fi, they definitely do have robots that have nervous tics built into them to make them appear more human. That's That's definitely a thing. And they are human Um, shape, so maybe it is something that's kind of given to them. Also, like, they're Transformers. They're weirdly alive. Like, they're not in any way robotic. Except for that they have, like, scanner things in their eyes sometimes. Mm -hmm. But we get... Uh, with the scene now, um, Megatron orders Pterosaur to disarm the bomb. Cheetor's like, there's no time. And Pterosaur basically confirms it by opening it up. He's like, he's right. He's anchored down and going to blow in 20 seconds. And How does he know that, though? There's no display or anything. <laughs> maybe there's a display. We just can't see it. Or maybe yeah. it's just like something in the lights that they can just decode by looking at it. Or maybe it's Wi-Fi. <laughs> so that, actually, that would make that would make sense. Bluetooth. <laughs> like, like, like I think, yeah, blue. It would be Bluetooth. It wouldn't be Wi-Fi. But, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. That actually, that makes that actually makes more sense than I would expect. Because why would they have displays? Why wouldn't they just be able to scan the computer and and read it in their eye things? True. Yeah. I mean, they have basically built-in Google Glass. <laughs> or I guess I guess they don't have Google Glass. That would be a third. That would be a third faction. Yeah, the Android <laughs> faction. That that would be like. Well, no, I'm not going to say it here. That would be like a third season thing. Okay, there is a third faction that shows up. Okay, good. Well, sort of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, not, it would be ironic if they were the ones that used Android. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Cheetor is saying that he can release the anchors and says, let me at it. And Megatron just sort of starts thinking for a second. He's like, come on, you'd rather be vaped. I'm thinking, what? And he's like, yeah, I would vape nation. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the vents are for. It's all part of the giant vape rig. Okay. So that's, that's officially worse than my dark side cookies joke. <laughs> just just want to, just want to let you know. <laughs> so we, we, we get a countdown, uh, starting at 10 Megatron's like, do it. And of course, Cheetor's like, come on, remember me old fumble fingers. And apparently Cheetor has some sort of like voice Swiss connection. army scissors in his finger. Mm-hmm. Something like that. He manages to cut the wire and release the anchors. And he tosses the bomb up to Pterosaur just as Pterosaur transforms 
and starts flying it out at the base. Who then throws it up into the air. But just not far enough. (laughs) Because he gets hit with it. He gets hit by the the periphery. Yeah. So he doesn't get blown up, but man, does he get the worst of it. Yeah. So I do want I do want to note that um, there was no good point to say sometimes you just can't rid of get rid of a bomb uh, <laughs> in reference in reference to the Batman sixty six movie. Um. So I just want to I just want to like you know add, add that to the record that I that I did make an effort to make a joke about sometimes you can't get rid rid of a bomb, but I was unable to. So I do want to apologize. Duly noted, and ignored. <laughs> <laughs> So Megatron turns his attention back to Cheetor and he says, and now for you. And Cheetor's like, sorry, this cat's going to scat. And he jumps onto the console and disappears. He's getting teleported as Megatron shoots the console and pretty much destroys it. Mm-hmm. And the now thing. the Predacons have no commu- no way of communicating because they have no <laughs> communications array. And Pterosaur falls right back onto it. All charred. <laughs> <laughs> and, his, so and his words seems are like mission accomplishment. Mi- mi- mission accomplished for the, by the Maximals here. Yeah. Well, they kind of come out bad too because when he when uh, uh, Cheetor gets zapped back to the thing, he blows out all those relays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, I don't even know why they blew up that. Yeah, time. I don't know. What was the point of the? I didn't quite understand what the point of the relays was. Anyway. Well, they were part of like scanning and 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 for communication so i guess that's they were part of the communication grid okay so So they're little cell phone towers yeah essentially i think they were supposed to scan for predacon signals and relay it back to the base when it detected it that's what it was yeah he said ratrap said that he's like oh it's gonna scan for preds and then yeah yeah but yeah i figured because the one Side got blew, got destroyed. So as Cheetor went through the oh, relays, there was some there was some kind of feedback. Oh, oh yeah. the, So were the relay. So, but okay. So that makes this plan even worse because they they set up these relays so that they could so that they could track when Predacons were coming to their base from their other base, and then they were going to destroy the base so the Predacons would be scattered and coming from a different direction. Well, but then the because they didn't surround the base with the relays, it was a straight line. Well, they were planning on doing more survey things. They just wanted <laughs> they to make just, sure they had that that one line working first. This was phase I, one of a five step plan. I, well, then why couldn't they wait till? Uh, I don't know. I I think I'm. I think I'm. It, it, I wouldn't have questioned any of this if they'd have said if they'd have said something besides 500 meters. <laughs> like if it, if it, I wouldn't I would I would totally I would totally go along with it, but it just mm, they 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 pushed me past my limit in this episode. Yeah. So four episodes in, I'm past my limit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be the am I gonna be the hater on the uh, on the on this podcast too? I am like literally yeah. like. Nah. I am not usually that guy. I assure you. There's plenty of things to not like about. <laughs> <laughs> so we get Cheetor reappearing in the Maximal base. Uh, he's like, hi, cats miss me. And they're like, Cheetor, we got your disc. And Rhinox is like, you saved us from ourselves, son. Thanks. And the old Eeyore. I mean, Rhinox. <laughs> 
And of course, Rat Trap, it's like, yeah, you may have stepped in it, kid, but you came out smelling like a rose. I said he summarized it perfectly. <laughs> and also, of course, the, sending the sending the disc was kind of pointless because they had already sent the bomb. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He didn't know least, that, though. Yeah, at least he doesn't have to go. It doesn't have to go by his word now. Yeah. So he has. Well, I mean, he could have just brought the disc. I guess. Is True. But uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'll I'll let that slide. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Cheetor makes a cap on by saying, "All part of being perfect." Oh, that was a cat pun. Oh, yeah. I think it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just like, I liked the line. I, I was like, man, that sounded like, even though, it, like, even though, I mean, it's the same actor as Goku, and even though Goku wouldn't say it, I like heard it more in Goku's voice than most <laughs> of Cheetor's lines. Yeah. I, I shared the last episode that had Cheetor um, as the thumbnail, and one of my friends said, like, oh, it's Goku. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny so we we get uh cheetor then apologizes to optimus and optimus like it's all right cheetor after all you didn't end up saying the day and he's like you don't need to earn my respect cheetor you've always had it and you end up saving the day but be warned if you ever pull a stunt like that again i'll have your tail in a sling to which Cheetor's like, okay, okay, I'll never do that again. Until next time. <laughs> Until <laughs> the I, next and time. Back, and I'm right <laughs> back in because I was like, he did the exact same thing last week. He'll do the exact same thing next week. Yeah. Um, he said it, and then and everybody laughed, including Optimus, which Optimus never laughs. He, he tried not it, to laugh at first, but then he did. That yeah. smile looked awesome. <laughs> I was... I was right back in at that moment. And I assume Dinobot off screen is like, kill me now. (laughs) (laughs) There was like like, a little look he shared where like he was he was expecting him to uh, rat him out for convincing him to go there. But he didn't like, yeah, I noticed or something like that. Like there was definitely something that went on where like he looked at uh, Dinobot uh, definitely had a look. I don't. I I kind of figured it was Dinobot kind of being like, oh, I'm kind of surprised he made it out okay. Like. I'm impressed, kind of thing. Yeah, I think, but, and I, I think and, what it is, it's, there's a code um, that you don't rat your your friends out on the playground. It's the code <laughs> of the playground. Um, I still and see that's what I think that's where uh, that's one of those moments where uh, Cheetor actually did earn Dinobot's respect because he he would be and he probably felt he was justified in like ratting him out because he caught him in so much crap and danger and he almost got killed. Right. Yeah. And he could have just t- spilled the beans to Optimus, but he did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, now I'm torn. Looking at at this now, I'm torn between the picture of Optimus with his really funky ears, or the picture of Optimus with his really funky smile. Yeah, I have a smile. The smile yeah, is the smile, the smile is better. Okay. Yeah, because that's. I think they had to completely redo the the get a completely new model for that because I don't think <laughs> Optimus has smiled before. <laughs> So yeah, that was the episode there. Um, what were your guys' thoughts overall? I yeah, liked it. I mean, it fun. goofy, and there's these little plot things that if you like, like us are rethinking about this, it kind of makes you wonder. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I'd say so. Yeah, the, the parts where Cheetor is running around the Predacon base, probably my favorite parts of it, and uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, 
action. It was fast-paced. A little yeah, bit of the, comedy slapstick in there. The plot device of the of the transport, the weirdness with the transporter, I thought was pretty good. Um, but I mean, 500 oh. meters, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I just couldn't get past. I just couldn't. It just it just. I mean, sometimes I sometimes I like to be obnoxious about that kind of stuff, but that was just like. There's no way it was only 500. I mean, unless like unless like it's really hard to map. This is what it is. This is the answer. It's really hard to map where the energon deposits are. And mm-hmm. Cheetor has just finished. Like it's taken him all this time to actually do 500 meters. So he doesn't actually know where all of the energon stuff that he was going out to. It's just like he was he he finally got, you know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, you beat you. You, you did real good. You have beaten all the levels in world one of Super Mario three. <laughs> I will say though that it's kind of weird that it's like two Cheetor episodes in a row. Yeah, that was a little weird. Are they using Cheetor as a? But it was like a Cheetor rat trap, and then this one was a Cheetor Dinobot episode. So it's Cheetor just like, like a point of view a plot character. device. Yeah, yeah from what I yeah. remember from like when I first watched it as a kid, and and even rewatched it later when it was on Netflix, it kind of always struck me that it seemed like Cheetor was supposed to be like the main protagonist, even though primal was like the boss. Like it, it did seem like a lot. They seem to focus on him a lot. And it might just be because yeah. like, he's the youngest and he's growing up and coming into yeah. his own or. Yeah. And also the, the audience are younger. So they kind of yeah. use him as like a point Which of reference. Sense, yeah. 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 It's like, it's just like Ezra being the main character in, uh, in star Wars rebels or, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ahsoka being in uh, Clone Wars, or I'm sure there are other examples. Yeah, it's a relatable character yeah. for the majority of the audience. Like, I guess that was I guess that was actually the plan for Wesley Crusher was to have him be like a point of view character in Star Trek: Next Generation, but they made him a little bit of a smaller character. Yeah. So normally we would have moved on to questions. Um, yeah. Fortunately, we don't have any this week. Sadly, yeah. no. No. And I and I've been checking. Yeah. So hopefully we can get some more questions in. And it doesn't ever have to be Transformers related. We're pretty open of questions. I think like TWA and and the other podcasts on audio and PR as well. Um, so if you guys just have something in general question wise, uh, we'll do our best to try and answer it. Of course, I can't necessarily say that we'll be like the Dr. Ruth of podcasting. <laughs> but. <laughs> We'll so, give it a good go. Well, since we didn't have any listener questions, so let's have a podcaster question. So we sort of were talking a little bit earlier, but oh god, um, what Uh-oh. what what uh, the the Beast Wars characters to Star Trek characters who lines up where? Okay, I'll just take this because I'm not I'm not a huge Star Trek person. So well, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, you, you, we're not looking for there. I mean, there are right or wrong answers. I'll go ahead and give you the right answer real fast, just so we can. <laughs> Get that out of the way, and then we can discuss. But there seems I mean, to be I said, a theme here, Kendall, with your answers being the right ones. <laughs> well, you know, I can't help it. Um, I was wrong today at work. Uh, I'm talking about somebody with T about T, and I was wrong. Um, but um, so so we've got uh, Bones, Spock, and and uh, uh, Kirk are not in that order. But Kirk is Optimus. Bones is Rat Trap, Spock is is Rhinox. Um, I think, and I think actually Cheetor is either. 
I think actually Cheetor is is Sulu. Would it be Sulu or Chekhov? <sighs> See, well, I don't know. If, if we're going, if we're, hmm, yeah, I was gonna say if we're if we're just going for the original, I was thinking Dinobot would might have been more Chekhov, but hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who mm-hmm. would Dinobot be in the original? Because it wouldn't be nobody's Scotty. No, nobody's Uhura. No, there's not really an anta- an antagonist. There's not really a, an equivalent to Dinobot in the original series. Yeah, no. TNG Dinobot would have been Worf. Yeah, I think Dinobot works yeah. as Worf. Yeah. Um, and uh, I almost want to say that Rhinox would have been Data. Yeah, I mean it's that same it's that same role as uh. As a um, yeah, it's the same same role as Spock kind of thing. Yeah. Or you could you could also say Rhinox would be Doctor Crusher because mm. she's kind of uh, she's kind of Picard's like confidant type person. Or you could have had if you're going classic series, Rhinox could have been Scotty. Yeah, Rhinox sort of also works as Scotty. Yeah. If Rhin- if Rhinox is Scotty, then you could then I think in a weird way. Uh, Dinobot could be Spock. He's just angry, aggressive with his logic. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of calm. I mean, not not in the not in the logic, but in the counterpoint to uh, to to, to Kirk's uh, point of view or to yeah, Optimus's yeah. point of view. Um, and you still get that dynamic between Rattrap being Bones and Dinobot being Spock. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and also like Dinobot sort of becoming more. A, you know, becoming less less with that culture and more like, you know, more like the, uh, you know, assimilating into their into their culture. Yeah. yeah, I can see that working. Would anyone from or for TNG would anyone be uh, Jordy LaForge? Hmm. See, I was yeah, I was trying to think about that. Like, yeah, that's another one that the problem is the problem is that in in Star Trek everybody gets along. And yeah. so, so it's hard to it's hard to map a lot of these characters that actually get along with people because Jordy doesn't because since all the characters in Beast Wars have an antagonistic relationship with each other. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't been listening to anything guys are saying. I've been checked out. But I, if I can add anything to it, I'll say, are you guys are you guys including Tigertron and Air Razor in this? And by the way, I listened to last week's episode and I called Air Razor Act Razor at some point. <laughs> I'm gonna apologize for that right now. She is not the hit SNES video game. <laughs> Cult hit. So Tigertron, I don't remember very much about him, but I'm trying to think of Tigertron would be maybe, like a recurring guest star type character. Maybe so. He might also like if original, he might be more of a Sulu. Yeah. Compared comparatively. Yeah. Sort of cool, calm. Yeah. I don't remember enough and about Air Razor Air might actually be Uru. Uhura. Uhura. Yeah. Sorry, I can't say I can't because it's I the cannot. only lady. And oh. the ladies are ladies. That's how well, that's how it no, works because they're sexist. <laughs> I was gonna say like reconnaissance and communication. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know. I'm just saying, you know, we're, <laughs> I'm just saying we're sexist is all. <laughs> Hey man, you guys are. I'm not even involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have a way out. I have no idea about Star Trek at all. <laughs> so what, um, if uh, if uh, um, I I don't remember if we answered this or not, but this is more up John's alley. 
the of the maximals and let's just do the ones that i know um uh uh classes D D classes what are they i i was hoping someone would ask that <laughs> um okay so cheetor's the ranger um i would say that uh rat traps the rogue um yeah. rhinox probably the cleric but it can, it could be optimus and if he isn't then optimus is the fighter and or paladin maybe and then yeah. dinobots the fighter yeah that makes more yeah. sense yeah, I think I think that yeah I think I like the idea of of between of between uh, Optimus and Rhinox one of them is a tank and one of them is a is a healer. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I like I like Optimus as the as the as the as the cleric and and uh, Rhinox as like a as like a paladin or a or or a or a fighter. I think um, I think cleric is the classic uh, leader class, so yeah. it would make sense. Yeah. I think I'm thinking Dinobot is more specifically barbarian. Yeah, it could be. Yep. Um, something. And then what about let's what about with the Predacons? Okay. <laughs> uh, They're a little bit harder. Mm. Um, uh, okay. Tarantulas would be a mage, I think. Yeah, he's a wizard yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, Megatron is a solo dragon. He's <laughs> just a dragon. Uh, yeah, yeah Megatron was anything. He would be like a like a tank fighter or like maybe an anti paladin. <coughs> um, uh, pterosaur would probably be the most close to a rogue. Yeah, I was thinking and, more of a ranger, but some kind of some kind of uh, scout strikes. Yeah, uh, waspinator is the rogue, and pterosaur is the ranger. So okay. what does that leave Scorpionok as? Scorpionok the barbarian because he's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Scorpionox is yeah, he's a big dumb fighter, barbarian something. Would Tigertron mm-hmm. be a druid? He would yeah, he would either be a druid or another ranger like Cheetor, because they're yeah. both cats, so you could say they're both rangers kind of thing. Yeah, yeah but yeah, he's yeah, like more that. maybe air razor is more the druid. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Yeah, I like I like Yeah, I mean t- Tigertron's like he's like Aragorn. And then Silver Wolf is definitely a paladin. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like no question. Silver Bolt. <laughs> did I say Silver Bolt? I thought I did. You said Silver Wolf. I thought. Oh, I might you have. Did say Silver, Silver Wolf. Bolt. Silver Bolt is what I meant to say. <laughs> it's yeah, understandable. Silver. I mean, he is part wolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's Inferno? Since you're, we're going oh, to. Um. Oh. Hmm. If there was like any whoever sort he is, he worships a crazy god, right? Yeah. yeah. So. We, that's why I'm thinking like a clear, like he is a kind of a cleric, but he doesn't, it's not, well, he does use fire a lot. So he, he could yeah. just have a lot of fire spells. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's, he's a, maybe he's a, a sun cleric. Sun cleric. Yeah. Has a lot of fire spells. yeah. Yeah. Well, he plays like <laughs> a, he plays like a, and I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not deep enough into this, but like, um, he plays like a, a divine based AOE, like, he, yeah. he throws lots of fireballs, but they're divine-based. Hmm. Like Inferno, doesn't he use like a machine gun, I thought? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, it does both, actually. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, it, he, he, it definitely, he can definitely shoot bull, bullets or mini bursts of laser, and he has switched it to a flamethrower, like, fireball thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we're going into, like, um, 4th edition classes, which has, like, 
literally every flavor for every like um role so like like okay like we need a a divine dps character which might fit inferno would be an avenger because they're all about like uh they're all about faith but they they have a divine power source but they're um they're pretty much like a ranger kind of thing yeah 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 i had a i had a player be an avenger once avengers are cool unfortunately he didn't know how to play the character but that's okay they they brought over a lot of those classes in um fifth edition as like archetypes so like there's paladins that are called avenging paladins which are pretty much avengers and there's green knights or um whatever they're called that are like pretty much wardens from fourth edition which were like tanky nature guys well there you have it I think uh, the questions we asked ourselves, we've answered. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? You know what? They did that in early episodes of Teenagers with Attitude too. I remember Luke asking questions. So, uh, and and half the and half the questions they get for Teenagers with Attitude are just the the hosts that are absent that week. So, (laughs) so does anybody have anything they wanted to plug this week? Uh, Actually. The only new thing I can think of plugging is I actually do have a Tumblr. I just never mentioned it before. <laughs> um, it's kind of just simply like uh, akailv at tumblr.com. So A-K-A-I-L-V dot tumblr.com. I mostly just kind of use it to reblog stuff. I have put a few things on there that are mine, but it's more of just random musings. So I don't know. If, if anyone's interested, they can take a look. Mm-hmm. I've got um, my Tumblr that I always plug. I again, I haven't done it. I'm still working on that picture I was working on last week. Um, it's a Deus Ex fan art. Uh, I think some of you saw that on my Facebook. Yep. Um, but yeah, I've been too busy playing the game Deus Ex to finish drawing the picture of Deus Ex. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's DangerChair.tumblr.com. My Twitter being John Dar at John Dar seven two six. But I will plug my friend's podcast. Uh, my friend Frank Martorella does a podcast called The Fan Canon, which is a podcast about fan fiction. Bad fan fiction. And it's oh, pretty God. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It's a little, like, sometimes when they read, like, some of the fan fiction, it's a bit cringy. If you're in the cringe hammer. But <laughs> it's, it's just funny, too, because their format is they'll, they'll read fanfics they find, but they'll also write purposely bad fanfics, and they'll <laughs> they'll get Twitter to send them, like, Here's a fanfic premise. Write it on the show. So on the show, they'll like improv a fanfic. It's pretty oh, great. Wow. Um, one of my favorite ones they've done so far was Frank wrote a, um, I believe it's like at the speed of Dad, which is about uh, <laughs> someone getting Sonic as their stepdad, and it, it was amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, you can check that out again. It's Frank Margarella's The Fan Canon. Uh, I remember I tried to write a short story based off of the line from Wizard Dear People, your dad's a vampire, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I would have come. Yeah, 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 just uh just I'm at K Hallman on Twitter. That's K H A L M A N. Um I don't tweet very much. Usually I'm just tweeting at Luke from uh Let <laughs> Let's Play Some Teenagers with Attitude asking when the next episode's getting posted. And uh, and and I'm I'm gonna tweet more about stuff as soon as I get some real followers. So, uh, yeah, I still haven't gotten any listener followers. Come on, on that, folks, listeners. get on that. I know I mean, you're really you're there. really selling it by saying you don't tweet at all. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a two way street. 
I tweeted. <laughs> I tweeted. I tweeted the other day about how I think that it's okay that there's a black person playing Mary Jane, and I think it's dumb that people are mad about it. It yeah. is. It, yeah. But it also, I don't really like Mary Jane that much, so you know. <laughs> He's Spider Man's brass ring. <laughs> anyway, I think yeah. we'll call it a day on that one. Okay. So yes, for teenage. Oh my god, <laughs> this is the wrong podcast. Uh, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's been a long day. I've seen whales. Did a lot of driving. Whales. For Warren Beast, I've been Greg. I've been John. I've been Jordan. Did you uh, did you go back to like 1970s San Francisco to to see those whales? No, I did not. <laughs> I've been Kendall. <laughs> Maximize. Roll out, folks. It's been a week. See you later, lamers. That's yeah, just I'm not time. a team player. <laughs>Exactly, so I got some chai tea though, it should help. I did some karaoke last night, I think that's why. So apparently I used a bunch of data when I was playing Pokemon Go this this past week when I was on vacation. The, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think also it's because I was listening to, uh, I was listening to podcasts um, <laughs> and maybe not downloading them in Wi-Fi first, so. Yeah. That, that you know that can do it between the two between the two uh but i got a text from my mom she's like she's like we're at 90 percent uh you should use wi-fi more Mm -hmm. (laughs) whoops yeah well i mean the the it's it's actually fine because the uh, the time period ends like tomorrow (laughs) so so actually i'm using the right amount of data but uh (laughs) you know because we're using what we pay for but uh but you know, I understand. And when I say we, I mean her, because <laughs> I'm still on my mom's cell phone plan. Because I'm a I'm a millennial, and that's what we do. It's okay. I'm not on my mom's cell phone plan, but I'm in my mom's apartment. <laughs> 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 Got to save money somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. No. No. That's. Um. That's. Uh. Yeah. You know. That's the lifestyle. Also, it's just like. The cell phone thing is just like, you know, it's 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 not that I couldn't afford it. It's just that you know, there's no there's no reason not to like. It's yeah, not the like family it's, plans are good. I was actually yeah thinking about getting that set up. I still pay for like my part of the family plan, but it'd be a lot cheaper maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. When I I at one point I was I think that's the thing. Like at one point I was gonna pay for my part of the family plan, but it was gonna be like. $10 a month or something like that. And it just wasn't, it wasn't even worth like the hassle of figuring out how much it was. Hmm. Or at least that's what I tell myself. I said, dude, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, w- I lived on my own for a while, but I, I ran out of roommates and I, uh, I couldn't live on my own. So I had to move back home. I, yeah, and we all go. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, I have a a wife, so uh, so, yeah. so she's a permanent roommate. 
Exactly. If I if I had a significant other, then it would be a different story. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get a significant other now that of the situation that I'm in. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. That I remember <laughs> when I was, because I lived. I was like I lived with my I lived with my parents and and then I lived on my own for a little while, um, and uh, and went back to school and then when I was back in school, my mom helped me with my mom helped me with rent or my my parents helped me with rent. And, uh, and so, so then I got a girlfriend, uh, who is my wife. So when I moved back in with my parents, after I graduated from uh, college, I was basically actually living with, with my, with my then girlfriend, now wife. Um, and then we eventually moved in together, like officially. And then, uh, you know, we got married and all that stuff. So sweet. Yeah. That's, that's what I recommend. Yeah. I'll get right on it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah meet someone date them for six years then get married and and that's yeah sounds good also i introduced her to sailor moon this week she'd never seen it before we are now 18 episodes in wow it's a great show so (laughs) yeah i mean i had like watched it you know like literally like when i was a kid like i had never revisited it you're talking original uh, too right you're not watching crystal Right, right, yeah. This is it's. We're watching the new dub, which I guess they made, was they made a new dub. I didn't even know that. Yeah, um, it was a year or two ago, or three years. Whenever Whoa. the Sailor Business, it was around the same time that the Sailor Business podcast started, and when they put it up on Hulu and stuff, they did a new dub yeah. that is, it's um, translated more closely to the Jap- to the original Japanese. That sounds awesome. I'll check yeah. that out. It's um. I'm not. I'm not interested in watching Crystal that much. Like right. people have told me, it's okay. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of like really shitty screen caps, and I'm just like, eh. it's, it's, <laughs> it's not it's the really, same. It's, it's not. The it's same really good. Anime. Um. I mean, the dub is the dub is good. Like it's good. You know, it's good voice acting, and and it's the words that were in the Japanese. So there's some some kind of there's a couple episodes that are like there's an episode about how uh, the teacher's completely worthless because she's 34 years old and doesn't have a husband. Oh, <laughs> 25 in Japan. <laughs> well, no, no, though, no, this character's 34 in the, in the Japanese oh, version. She's really so, out of luck. So she's, Japan. yeah, yeah. I mean, she, they, they, they play it up as her super, she's super lucky that this broke midget businessman uh, is willing to marry her. Um, Fucking. But, <laughs> yeah, but so there's there's some stuff in it that's a little God bit damn it, Japan. <laughs> and, then, and there's also an episode. There's also an episode that's like really, really, really like could if if the wrong person watched it, they could end up with an eating disorder. Kind of like oh. everyone calling you a soggy fat and <laughs> and like she's yeah. doing lots of things that are questionable. But uh, yeah. but it really but it really works well. I think the one the one complaint that some people might have is if they grew up with the original American dub. It's different voices, so you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, if I end up not liking it, I'll just watch the subtitled one or something. Because right. I mean, like, but it's it's um, but it's good, and it do, they they did um, like I guess they they with the you know the original American cut, it they they changed a lot of stuff to move it a little bit further from the source material. So this is closer to the closer to the source material. I think of it as. Uh, like if you if if somebody grew up with the Beatles in the 1960s and they had all the American Beatles albums that were like missing songs, and then they listen to the 
the uh, you know the sta- the actual catalog, the standardized catalog when the CDs all came out in the eighties, and they were like, these songs are in the wrong order, but actually <laughs> yeah. they're in the right order. Um, yeah, like someone was telling me about Crystal a bit, and I was saying how bad the animation is, and he's like, oh, okay, it gets better later, and they're saying it's closer to the manga. I remember I tried to read the manga one time. And I don't know if it got better, but the first chapter was like super messy, and I had no idea what the heck was going on. I'm like, this isn't the fact that it's closer uh, to the manga is not a is not a bonus, right? For me. Right. So, Sailor Moon yeah. was back in the days when all the information I had to find was uh, on the internet. So that was a fun trip trying to I find, watched, yeah, like trying to find out like what uh, really super super it. R and super S was. Yeah, I remember. I remember that with Dragon Ball Z, like looking up online and being like, "Oh man, Goku's gonna go Super Saiyan later. This is so cool." But like <laughs> Sailor Moon, I think it was. I wasn't quite into the internet yet when I watched Sailor Moon. What I remember I was, with with uh, Dragon Ball Z was there was a channel that was the international channel that my friend had, but I didn't have. That was like six months ahead or a year ahead, and we would watch untranslated episodes. Of the Japanese, like no, so no, Sorry, no subtitles, so. so we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Completely out of context episodes of the Japan of Japanese Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and uh, and we loved it. <laughs> there was a there was a guy on TWA like a little while back who was talking about how his first introduction to. The Power Rangers was like the Japanese version of Sentai series. I'm not sure if he had subtitles or not, but he said yeah, talking about how much he enjoyed that. I got, I got the sense that he was a Japanese speaker. Oh, I mean that's possible. I I, I didn't I didn't get that sense. International markets for <laughs> <Yeah>. podcasts. <laughs> well, they've got like people in like Australia and New Zealand that come on that podcast. Totally, it's crazy. Well, yeah, it sounds like they're they're all friends on this forum. Then on, is it the Penny? Ar- I think it's the Penny Arcade forum. Was it? I think is okay. what I is what I've gathered from random like comments on the on on the various podcasts. It's a, it's really a mystery, but I've 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 got clues. I've got one of those like things on my wall that's got like the strings. <laughs> yeah, one thing I was I was listening to Evidence the latest. Dungeon. The latest um, digital digital moncast, and they were saying about how like everyone knew about that uh, that secret um, <laughs> except us. Yeah, that secret like, party. Yeah, yeah. About, and I was like, no, no, it, no. It was, it was funny, but it was also because like we're not like in the inner circle, but it's also kind of <laughs> cool that they would even think about that because like they, it really like, it, it really is. drives it home that we're part of the same network, but right. it's just and, and they see us as equals. Yeah, and it's was, like it's kind of it's kind of cool that yeah. they were like. But it was funny, yeah. But uh, the thing is, I knew about that po- that podcast, and I'm and I'm not in the inner circle, so I was kind of <laughs> like, they mentioned it before. They must have, because how would I know about it unless they did? Like I, well, they, they, on digital podcast, they're like, oh, it's a, it's a podcast with Jules, um, Molly, and um, Ashley, and they're talking, they're doing q and A Q&A stuff with trans issues, and I'm like, okay, I knew that already. Like, when did I hear that before? Was it on? I can't, it must have either been on Totally Spies or on Digital Moncast, because that's the ones with those. Hosts, and I haven't listened to Homestuck one yet, so it's not that one. 